2: This episode is brought to you by the following patrons Stephanie, Alexander Natasha, Sophia Gorodica, Vance, Cody, Boezy Jeremy, Bruder Ali, Nathan, Jennifer with the PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron Danielle, Kristen, Tia Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex Isaac, and Karun. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of the awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group and discord servers where we hang out daily
3: all right i was watching this movie today aliens and it made me realize how much i hate covenant
1: no prometheus is the one that you said you hated both of them which by the way i don't hate the prequels i am not prepared to litigate them today today we are talking about the best alien sequel aliens three no how dare you get the fuck out
3: So we're all agreed that Newt killed everyone on that colony.
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's the thing. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like rewatching scary movies, but you guys make me rewatch them. And this week, <laughs> you both made me rewatch Aliens, Aliens. with a dollar sign. So. so how many times have you seen this movie? Hundreds. Yeah, countless. This is my second time seeing it.
1: It was interesting watching it today because watching movies for the show is always different than just like watching them for enjoyment. And we should talk about we watched the special edition that has 17 minutes of additional footage in it. I think
2: everyone bought it on Amazon because it was on sale for like a dollar more than to rent it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm buying." This. Um,
1: I missed the sale because when <gasps> I bought it today, oh. it was like 14.99. <laughs> oh no! So I,
2: oh, ours was 4.99. Yeah, I literally bought it for 4.99 two days ago. I know and I I thought and I meant to buy it
1: last night but I had to go roast battle a guy from Wild and Out and so I was just like I "I bet that was
3: easy I'm super
2: famous I had to go do that super famous thing
1: anyway uh, so yeah so it cost (laughs) me considerably more but
2: but you got to own that dude from Wild and
1: Out I did Uh, he was very nice about it though anyway we watched the extended (laughs) version uh, but when you watch movies for the show I find that I, I find new things in them and I'm struck by different things. Sure. And there were many parts of this movie that like, I always thought of this one as the action one and Alien as the horror one. In my mind, that's how I always had them categorized. Yeah. But watching this today, I was like, this is a fucking scary movie. No, I think, yeah. I think this yeah.
3: movie is very scary, but I think it's probably one of the best sequels of all time.
1: Absolutely. Oh. I, I, here's the thing. Before Avatar jimmy cams could make a hell of a sequel like this and t2 i was
2: gonna say t2 i think is the better sequel i am waiting on my abyss sequel i'd watch an (laughs) abyss sequel you'll be waiting until we get to (laughs) avatar wait no i guess avatar 2 is sort of the abyss sequel because it's like the land of the sea or whatever no now here's my thing i do love the abyss as a
1: movie i I enjoy it it's fucking bonkers it really is the last act goes fucking off the rails, and it is a hot-ass mess. The extended edition of that also helps clear that up. Does it not have a crazy white alien? Well, it has that. Then it doesn't clear it up, Mikey. <laughs> but it explains their motivation. It explains the alien
3: motivations.
1: It's like late years Michael Crichton novel levels of wild. Oh.
3: <laughs> and the extended edition, the white alien comes out and he's like, look, humanity fucking shit up. We're going to destroy all of you. And then Ed Harris ends up convincing him not to destroy the world.
1: That honestly doesn't help me with it. Makes it better. This is James Cameron's Congo.
3: Don't you de- That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Stop eating the sesame cake! One, Congo is. And two, The Abyss is. Amy's sad. (laughs) Amy's (laughs) scared. Amy
1: have Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. (laughs)
3: No, but I, I mean, Aliens, I think it changed the the cultural zeitgeist. Like, It's probably one of the best science fiction films ever made. Yes. Space Marines became a big, I mean, it's everywhere. They're everywhere now.
2: Fuck, in a world where the most recent Dune exists, you said this is the best sci-fi movie ever made.
1: I would agree with you yes. still. Damn,
3: I, and
2: here's okay. This is way better than the new Zoom,
3: Dune.
1: Zoom. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like Dune. I, I do. Yeah. I mean, it's great. I, I thought it was well-made. It's well-acted. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. I think yeah. this is a better movie.
3: Okay. If you like characters who don't act like humans, Dune is for you. <clears throat> they're
2: not humans. That's... A, lo- a lot of them aren't. Yeah. Like, they, it would be weird yeah. if they acted like humans. Technically,
3: they're not humans. They're just a boring race of people who stand around in the desert.
1: It's a lot of politics for me and a lot less cool sci-fi shit.
3: Yeah. Space Marines is way cooler than Sandworms. And that's just like, I stand by that argument. But
1: I will say, okay. I'm excited to see Dune part two like I'm excited to
3: see the next one I love science fiction I'm excited about it yeah saying all of video games stole everything they know from this movie
1: oh yeah I would not disagree with you and I would I just want to remind everyone because I know we covered this in our Terminator episode forever ago James Cameron got this job because of Terminator for the script for Terminator the movie hadn't even come out yet and we'll cover this a little bit more in fun facts and peppered throughout because there is a great documentary on the making of aliens on Netflix right now if you love alien you should absolutely go watch it it's fascinating but you need to remember that james cameron was writing aliens while he was also writing rambo first blood part Two. Oh my god which is
3: the halloween three of rambo well <laughs> yes yes it is
1: yeah and he was writing them at the same time and so like he would write like a certain amount of pages for one and then stop and write a certain amount of pages for the other so like The dude was a sequel machine and then he made Avatar Or I guess then he made Titanic And then he made Avatar
2: Yeah I mean he made other Like blockbuster films before I mean this is a blockbuster film Like this movie made a ton of money Like and we'll talk about it In box office But I mean he has been A successful filmmaker Since he started making At least Hollywood movies I don't know he, if he did Anything indie before that But I would love If he came back
3: And did an Alien sequel
2: Oh I, I mean I don't know Because I
1: I don't love Avatar and, and I have not enjoyed A lot of his more recent films
3: But I it's love only only Avatar. He literally didn't make anything I after Titanic till
2: Avatar. And then hasn't made anything in between Avatar one or two. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's been all Avatar all the time for the past twenty-three years for James Cameron. And I don't care for it. If, I mean, it did make him
3: like very rich.
1: I'm sure it did, but that's his shitty Space Marine movie. This is his good one.
3: Oh yeah. These Space <laughs> Marines would slaughter the Navi or whatever.
2: That's not a good thing. I think we see that they don't in Avatar. They just burned their fern gully tree down. They would have nuked him from orbit. If it, was real- <laughs> if it was a real space marine.
1: You bring up a really interesting point that up until this point in movies, space marines weren't really a thing.
3: They're probably in Warhammer, like more more in books than like a visual representation.
1: Right, right, right. Because before this you have like Star Wars and stuff like that. So sci-fi is more fantasy. This brings sci-fi into a realm of kind of groundedness in
3: our reality. Yeah, it's like our technology, but in space. Like, you have, like, the book Starship Troopers, you have Warhammer... You have books. I think you have books. You don't see them anywhere. But in this movie,
2: they essentially are, well, maybe not essentially, because they do have a little bit better technology, we'll see, as they sort of try and hunt the bugs, as they call them. But, like, it's virtually just Marines in space. Yeah. That's why they name them Space Marines. Well, no, that's what I'm saying, Mikey. Like, there's nothing really inventive about them. Halo just rips off the whole movie. Ripley is... Master Chief. I mean, Ripley is not Master Chief. Come on. No, she is. We have to talk about this because I
1: have feminist beliefs about the Alien franchise. We're going to get into them now. First of all, in the first movie, Alien, Ripley was written for a man. I honestly think we talk about that in the first episode. We do. We do. Yeah, that was one of the fun facts, I believe. Wasn't there. Anyway... (laughs) <laughs> they chose to cast Sigourney Weaver and the only changes they made to that script were basically pronouns. Yeah. They, they didn't change anything else. And so there are a lot of questions for this movie about why some things have been included. Things like making her a mother, giving her a backstory where she had a daughter that she left behind and really kind of. Adding in what some would look at as stereotypical feminized heteronormative tropes into her story. Mm -hmm. And I am of the belief that this is them embracing that she is a woman and fights as a woman and still wins and is a badass as a woman. Yeah. Now, again, motherhood is not exclusively tied to womanhood, those are separate things. I think there are some conversations about is it mother versus mother with her and the queen? Maybe. I think the motherhood aspect is a little more layered in this movie, first and foremost. I think the daughter that we find out that she lost, which, by the way, if you watch the special edition, there's a lot of information about that daughter. I think that is more to articulate the passage of time to show what Ripley lost, which is Mm -hmm. not just you know, a scary experience in space. She lost her entire life.
2: Literally everyone she knew and loved is dead. Yes. And got written up at work. And got written up at work, which is new in the the special edition. She like lost literally everything.
1: She did. But I think it also serves from a screenwriting perspective. Now there's
3: nothing holding her home. Sure. Because if her daughter was around, she wouldn't have gone to Hadley's Hope. Yeah,
1: of course not. And so I feel like that element is serves a purpose in
3: that way. I also feel from like a mental health perspective, it's a story about a woman confronting her like past and trauma and PTSD and stuff. Yes. Right? And overcoming it. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the mother versus mother story. I think it's badass. But I, and I also sure. this is why I hate Covenant. I like the aliens as just a fucking race of scary ass creatures that take over everything, ships, planets. Right, like the Borg. They're not seeded from this alien race who are like we kill blah blah blah. I hated that stuff.
1: I I do prefer them as a force of nature.
2: You guys have brought up Halo a few times. It's sort of akin to the Flood. You know, or this, like or Starcraft. Starcraft takes a lot from this stuff too. Sure. So I mean, right. but there's like a lot of I think. Very common in pop culture tropes that are prevalent in the Aliens franchise, which I would assume they started there. I honestly don't know because I don't read a lot of books. Aliens started a lot of them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't, but I don't read like the Warhammer books and shit like that. That does predate it. Yeah, so I don't know.
3: I'm sure that some of that existed, but not brought to the mainstream until this. Yeah, I do not. I, for first of all, many different people can become mothers.
1: That is not unique to a woman of her age, status, whatever. But I think what giving her kind of a caregiver relationship with Newt does is highlights the things that most of the Marines would view in Ripley as weak that actually make her strong. Yeah, It is a way to highlight her compassion and her care for life and her bravery and her willingness to defend and fight for people who cannot fight. And those things help her survive. Like at the end of the day, there's a reason that she's the one left standing and she didn't have the biggest guns. She didn't have the biggest muscles. She just thought through
2: how to do it. She didn't have the biggest muscles. I'll grant you that. But when she duct tapes, the flamethrower and gun together, like that is the biggest gun, but like, that's just ingenuity. And I was, here for it. i love this movie it's so but good that,
1: that's the thing ripley is probably my favorite final girl absolutely and it's because she is smart she fights for what she believes in and she fucking kicks yeah, ass.
3: I, why you fight is so much as important of how you fight yeah like also i think hicks and her have like the perfect like this is the love story of the century
1: i love hicks i'm mad they killed him I'm mad. Well, the special edition gave us a little bit more and Hicks, which I thought was interesting.
3: And then I noticed in his armor is his heart with a lock on it and she takes it off.
1: That's actually not his. So uh, we have to talk about that. Well,
2: let's talk about it when we get there. But yeah, I want to dig into that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 But I do think that early James Cameron actually does a really great job of placing male characters in films that trust in the strength and intelligence of... The women that
2: they the are The Abyss
3: does this Yes oh, He does
2: that Well and same in Terminator 2 When And Terminator The original Terminator Yeah cause I guess The What's his name It's the same guy and It's <laughs> the same like, guy but What's his it's character's Kyle Reese, name Kyle, Kyle Reese Thank you
1: Kyle has faith in her To be strong with or without him
3: I wonder
2: if he was like 80's typecast As the Action star Who also believes Women can fight too Like that's like his <laughs>
1: Lane He ends up in this movie On accident we have to talk about it. Okay, let's he, talk That's about why it. the lock is like an accent, but I'll get to it in a second. Okay, okay, okay. So James Cameron writes a bunch of strong women at this time, but he also focuses a lot on motherhood. I think that is a thing for him because Sarah Connor is the mother of the future. We've got Ripley fulfilling a couple different versions of motherhood here. And then in Terminator 2, Sarah Connor, again, is like fighting for her son and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. But I think a huge part of it is... There's no one way to be a mother. And being a mother does not preclude you from being a badass. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where, like, if anything, it helps drive the strength that was already within for these women. Yeah. Where, like, I believe, personally, if Ripley didn't have a kid, she would still be strong and compassionate and everything, but we may not know it as well on screen. This kind of gives us an in to who she is as a person inside and why she is such a great final girl and why she survives. Yeah. So for me personally, aliens is one of my, my fave feminist movies. I'm all about it. There's also many different ways to be a woman. And Hey, some women come gonna mom, some women gonna not. That's fine. We all women, we can all do our own thing and believe whatever we want. Yeah. We can have differing opinions
2: on the movie Aliens, and it's fine. I mean, one thing I l- I've learned as people have been like throwing the title critic at me <laughs> is that. If you consider me a critic Don't listen to any critic Like I am <laughs> yes. literally just telling you My opinion man Like I, I, it's and no better than Anyone out there's opinion It's just mine I, I, I don't know
1: I'll save my second lecture On Aliens as a franchise Being aggressively pro-choice For later in the film But yes
2: I can't wait to dig into that Because man we, we were talking about that A little bit through text last night in yeah, the group yeah, yeah. Chat. Shit, Dude honestly that group chat last night Was like so special it was so funny Just because it was us like Well I mean in comparison to like Movies that I don't like because they're Scary or they're just not good that Group chat is like dead silent When we're all watching the movie but like with the movie Like aliens we were like fuck yeah she's Such a badass the whole time <laughs> She is. is so great she's yeah. such a badass She really is it's great anyway
1: do we want To do we want to address how Hicks Ends up in the movie or yes. do you want to save That for Absolutely. later know. just tell me. Okay. Okay. So if you watch uh, the movies that made us episode on aliens, which again, I highly recommend. Okay. And there's a million fun facts on aliens just in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We will not scratch the surface. Like sure. we do not have time. But one of the ones that I think we should bring up is that James Cameron went from Terminator like right into this. And I mean like. Barely a break And originally He had cast an actor Named James Remar Who goes on to be In a bunch of Other things Yeah I've heard of um, him That Cameron has done Other people have done But yeah I mean He's still working That guy's been in
2: A bunch of shit Yeah
1: Yeah Originally he cast James Remar And Alien Directed by Ridley Scott Had mostly filmed In London At Pinewood Studios And they were gonna do The same for Aliens It was part of how They were gonna save money Yeah okay Uh, And so Most of their actors Were American Had to be transported to London. Well, London's drug laws are kind of different than America's, and James Remar partied a little too hard and got arrested after two days of shooting. So he had already shot two days of
2: stuff in full sets. So he was supposed to be Kyle Reese in this movie? Yes. Hicks. What? Okay. Yeah, Kyle Reese. We said the same thing. No, we'll call
3: him Hicks by (laughs) his proper name. So
2: as a part of pre production,
1: because they had all of them come out and train for a couple weeks to literally carry the guns. Like, they had them train as Marines. Dude, and those
2: uh, Steadicam machine gun things? Oh, we
1: have to talk about those, too, because they couldn't get out of them. They were duct taped into them, so they couldn't go to the bathroom all day. They're so cool, Fucking though. Fucking nightmare, yeah, But I'm they sure. are very cool. They're
2: so cool. Uh,
1: but so, as part of that training, they all got to decorate their own armor. Nice. Okay. So, like, they all decorate it. And so James Remar is the one who put the heart and the lock on there. Ah. What? Yes.
2: Wild. Now, I okay. don't know
1: if that was him extrapolating from what the script was, because he obviously knew, knew the script and sure. knew what that character would be, or if he just thought it looked cool, because some of them just put on stuff that looked cool, and you and they do it so that it you kind of just see flashes of it throughout the movie, like Vasquez's gun says adios and stuff like that, yeah. where like they wrote all that stuff. So when he got arrested, they didn't have time to remake costumes or retrain anyone to But they had just finished Terminator with Michael Bean, who was still in shape from Terminator. And so they called him, did not audition him, and were like, here are your plane tickets. We need you in London in two days. He flies. He gets there two days later. And they just had to make James Remar's armor. Fit him but they couldn't Stop shooting and they couldn't Reshoot the sh- the stuff that they had already Shot with James Remar so there are A handful of wide shots in This movie that are still James Remar What and you can actually point them Out yes that is yeah.
2: insane
1: I love it yeah 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 although
2: I'm super Glad Kyle Reese is takes in this movie Because I love him as an Actor he's like so he's good. great yeah He was also in Planet Terror man yeah The guy gets around do you guys want to maybe Get into the movie so we can go through it scene by scene though yes i'll I'll point out as we get to it so The like if you were
1: watching this at home the scenes where it's not him nice okay like the wide shots yeah the wide shots awesome. yeah okay uh, so we open on a ship in space this is the escape pod that ripley went into from the first one
3: it's ships in space it's aliens yeah the nostradamu escape
1: it's the nostromo it's the escape pod from the nostromo yeah I will burn a fun fact. They had gotten rid of the sets from the original, so they had to rebuild the set from watching Alien. Oh, wow. Okay. Literally down to the gun that she shoots that she jams and throws. Yeah. That is in, as they pan through, you see it in there. Covered in space
2: dust. Yeah, the space dust looks a lot like glitter. I was like, is this an yeah. escape pod or a strip club set deck? What are we doing? <laughs> Both. Why is it happening this way? Yeah. I do not understand why there was space dust because, like, she's not shedding skin. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. think it was space dust, I think it was actually condensation. No, because he brushes it away and it's dusty.
3: Why would why would be there be condensation or shedding skin? The cat and her are
2: in the pot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all of that is insane. I don't know. It just But is. this is also a thing that always
1: happens in movies in space where you find like an abandoned ship or whatever and there's
2: dust.
3: But you're right.
2: There wouldn't be any...
3: No. In space, it doesn't get dusty.
2: (laughs) In space, no one needs to dust. Mm. I mean, we're arguing about this, but this movie also has a ship in space, and when it flies by you, it goes... (laughs) (laughs) Like you'd be able to hear that, and that to me was very funny. You would hear it inside. Well, they weren't inside. It shows you from outside. It's it's
1: from outside, but that's a thing that I think sci-fi films have... Adopted for audiences to feel better because Star Wars does it too. Yeah, because if you were just watching it in silence, I think people would be like,
3: no, "That's boring. This doesn't
1: seem that cool."
3: But here's what really <laughs> would have happened: those sal- those scavengers would have been like salvagers. Would have been like, yeah. oh, there's a woman here. We better kill her so we can have this ship.
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, like she's lucky that one guy had ethics. I mean, yeah, <laughs> honestly,
2: if it's scavengers in deep space, it's a surprise he didn't turn to his family and go, it looks like meat's back on the menu, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Cause they're definitely gonna be space cannibals, guys. Of course. For sure. But what I really
1: want is somebody to recut. <laughs> This scene and the scavengers are just hot and Chewy.
2: (laughs) I love it. That'd be
1: pretty fun. Anyway, her ship or her pod gets picked up by a tractor beam or something that pulls her into a ship. They torch the entrance open and find her asleep. And this is where they're like, there goes our salvage. She's alive. But also the cat's
2: (laughs) alive. And I love that. That's actually who they were referring to. They don't really care about human (laughs) cargo. Uh -uh. I I did think it was funny. Like, I guess they don't get paid if they save someone's life. Like, that's... I thought they would definitely still get paid. I would assume that it's... If she's alive, she still owns it. They don't get to
3: keep the ship.
2: Yeah. Oh. Because as you learn later on in the
3: deleted scenes... She's super liable for all of that ship. Yeah. That's nuts, by the way.
2: But yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right, Mikey, though. Like if a scavenger in deep space came across someone who owned the ship but was also in stasis, they would either be killed immediately or just pushed outside of the vessel while still in stasis.
3: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Just eject the pod. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you guys know a ton of scrappers in your life, but usually they just come take your old washing machine from the, from the driveway or whatever. But like, I feel like they'd kill somebody if they were in that washing machine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I've had a, a very different experience. Those are just neighbors. We're all the
3: neighbors of humanity. I guess,
1: I guess. that's true, I suppose. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We cut to a ship's medical bay uh, where she wakes up and a nurse is kind of telling her she's been there for a couple days, but she's got a visitor. It's Jonesy, the cat, Uh, and Carter Burke from the Wayland yutani Corporation.
3: Paul Reisner. Yeah. He plays his character like a slime ball, so later on, you're not so surprised he's a total slime ball.
2: I do love that he is automatically who he is, and (laughs) you just sort of expect it. Like When he starts to double-cross them, you're like, Yeah, that does fucking check out. Like, big business people are (laughs) terrible. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: and we'll get to it in just a second in one of the extended scenes, but I'll save it. I'll save it for the extended scene when we we talk about it. But there was something else that I was kind of struck by. I'm
2: super interested to hear the comparison between the theatrical cut and the extended cut because I've only ever seen the extended cut, I've never seen the theatrical cut. You've never seen theatrical? I've only seen this movie twice. And it was both the extended.
3: It's mostly Ripley's backstory.
1: Anyway, he is a slime ball, but young Paul Reiser, very cute. I mean, yeah, I I guess if you're into that sort of, you know. (laughs) I'm not. I mean, he's terrifying. He's going to kill all of you to save himself. And he can wear a
3: vest, though, you know. He
2: can wear a vest, man. He's got those very pretty eyes. He's layered up like certain people. I completely agree with all the things that you're saying, except I have to say Helen Hunt is too good for him. And we need to move on from that. I will say that you talk a little like Paul Reisner
3: in this movie. Mm. Like, I pictured Todd as Paul Reisner throughout this whole movie. It's because I also
1: look good in a mean vest. <laughs> just I like- mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still picking Hicks every time, but like, all right. Okay.
2: I okay. mean, if Hicks can get it, Paul Reiser can get it Second
1: can can have some if <laughs> Hicks is done with it.
2: Yeah. Like I can just see Todd like aliens
3: attacking Todd turn to the guy and be like, "Are you just gonna kill him?" Right? Like we don't like we don't think you do, like you're just gonna go kill
2: him. Oh, if you're saying I'm like Paul Reiser because if aliens attacked, I wouldn't know what to do. That is correct. Like I am not a space marine in any capacity, but neither are you. What are you gonna sit down on a couch and be like, "So you're an alien? What was your mother like?" Let's talk no, about I how just you were planted them. as an egg. I would just shoot and then them. had to. Mount Mouth rape somebody. <laughs> I bet that was also traumatic for whatever. I would
3: say that I wouldn't sneak out the back door of like a colony that's under attack by aliens. I'd be like, I'm gonna stay with the four people alive. I I would say this is my perfect
1: chance to have a muscly person show me how to use a gun.
2: (laughs) And that is what Paige is into. Would do it. I would have done it too. But I mean, and Mikey, I agree. Paul Reiser is dumb and goes off by himself in the middle of hordes of aliens attacking. That is very stupid. I don't think you would try to murder two women. It depends on the circumstances. Three women, <laughs> definitely. But <laughs> two, no. I mean, but I think he was going. To, he was going to get paid a lot of money. Fuck. Okay. What is everyone's price to kill Ripley and Newt? Bottom dollar. What's it cost? Seventeen fifty. 17 dollars and 50 cents to murder a woman and a child well yeah because like the child knocks down so much off the price because you're getting rid of a burden on the state mikey because he's excited to fight a child that's what it is i uh, i don't think i have a no, price on i don't this think one. I, could,
3: I could not murder a woman in a oh or a no child. yeah i don't think either of you could either no matter how delicious they looked. Even for like a billion dollars, I wouldn't be able to do that. A billion, Mikey? Fuck! Okay. Todd! That's, you... a, that's a lot of money, Mikey! For, for, this sounds
1: terrible. For a billion, I'm going to try and talk it out with them and be like, imagine how much good a billion dollars could do. How much do your family You're going to try to convince them to let you murder Participate, them? Participate, yeah. And hey, if they say no, then okay. Then I guess we're not getting a billion dollars.
2: But what if it's an ethically sourced victim group? So it's like people who That's are like volunteering to be put down for lack of a better term. Put
3: I have so many down? questions about that sort of population. I why are these people <laughs> volunteering to be murdered? What is the motivation? Oh no, there? I
2: was just assuming it was like a voluntary death. I mean, there are societies around the world now that do that.
3: Okay, 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 okay. But they're clones. They're not real people.
2: Oh, clones. You cannot I, clone I, uh, loophole your way out of this because my bottom dollar uh, for clones, I don't even want to discuss in a That's public forum. That's target practice.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you mm-hmm. ask Obi-Wan Kenobi how much he would pay for a clone's life. Very little, my friend. Yeah, he led a lot of them to death. Yeah. And then killed them later when they switched sides. So many of them died. They named
3: that whole war after them. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to get back to this one that doesn't have clones in it? We don't know that. Any of them could have been a clone. We don't know that. Yes, because cloning does
2: exist. It's all That's canon. It but is. But
3: 500 years in the future, though. We're not there yet.
2: We're not there yet, Mikey. No.
1: Anyway, let's get back to this movie because we're like 40 minutes into this recording and like two minutes into this movie.
3: Yeah. Let's go to her getting written up at work.
1: Well, hold on, because we have to go through. She finds out that she's been in stasis for 57 years. Yeah. And she was lucky to be found at all. And then, oh my God, it's a chest burster because it's a nightmare. Yes. But she wakes up, and Jones the cat is there. She
2: reacts in a crazy way when she hears that, like, way over the top and stuff. And I was like, I don't know, man. I think I might react that way if, like, I was having to come to the realization of the fact that everyone I've ever known and loved is dead.
3: Okay, but if you're traveling in deep space, relativity still still... still exists and you're hyper sleeping. It's like the world is growing older as you're traveling in space.
1: I guess that's
2: true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, to find out that I have outlived all of my relatives and everything I know is gone. Yeah. That would fuck me up a bit.
2: Yeah. So she wakes up and Burke is there again. When she wakes up from that dream and the nurse calls in and she goes, everything all right. And she's like, yeah, I just had a nightmare. Uh, And she goes, all right, we'll try and get some sleep. And then Ripley responds with, I've slept enough. I don't know if you noticed, but the nurse doesn't say anything, but with her eyes, she says so much before she hangs yeah. up. She like, damn right, girl, and then hangs up. Yep. It's <laughs> so funny. I it love her like character choice was so great in that moment. <laughs> well, in the future, nurses still
3: you know, don't give a shit. I They're going to no, tell you it, what you're,
2: Yeah. <laughs> it felt very true to, like, all the nurses that I know. And I, I mean that, like... Okay, a, bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I
1: did think it was funny that after the nightmare where the, the nurse is present and she's, like, fighting the nurses because yes. of the chestburster, after that, the nurse is just on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> where she's like, not going near that no, crazy lady. No, like, I am not no. going in there. So, Bert comes back and he's like, hey, I have some files for you before the inquest because she's about to go into a hearing about... What happened in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, But the file that he he gives her is the information that he found on her daughter, who was 66 when she passed away, which was two years ago. That's
2: brutal, man. You've been adrift in space for 57 years and miss your daughter's Mm -hmm. life by two years.
1: Well, and not only that. So what we find out is that she was supposed to be back in time for her daughter's 11th birthday. Yeah. So the trip was only supposed to take, like, two years or whatever, and she was going to be back. Brutal. Did you hear that
2: her daughter married a McLaren? So she married well. I did. She married money.
1: But she did still end up working for Waylon yutani the entire time, which, to me, started to make me feel like, did everyone on Earth work for Waylon? yutani Yeah, they're like Is this, like, a Blade Runner kind of a thing? Yes. The Blade Runner
2: comparison is sort of the vibe that I picked up from
1: it. Yeah. So... We also find out that she has no grandchildren. Her her daughter married, but did not have children. So Ripley has no living relatives. And I think that's the most important part of this scene is that yeah. she is alone. She is a woman out of time and she is alone, much like Captain America.
2: So. <laughs> it actually is a lot like Captain America, even in the time span difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Captain America is like, what, 70 years? Uh, it was f- the 40s to 2014.
1: yeah. So like sixty-four years and like that. Anyway, so uh we go into her hearing. And I I don't know if you guys highlighted this the last time you did this episode. This is where because we see the crew sheets on the screen behind her. This is where we find out that canonically, one of the crew members from the Nostromo originally, Lambert, is revealed to be a trans woman canonically one of the first trans characters in a big blockbuster film. Although it is kind of after the fact and Lambert's not in this movie because Lambert dies in the first film, it is kind of an interesting Easter egg that it happens In the 80s, that canonically, there is a trans character in the Alien franchise.
2: And it seems like it was on purpose, right? It was intentional, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. There's nothing that's not intentional in this movie, I would say. Uh,
2: I guess my point is, like, they would have had to have gone in and made that choice. Like, it's not like it was just like, someone left something on set, so now there's Starbucks in Aliens. You know, it's not like that. Like, they would have had to thought it out and do it.
1: No, I, I think it's deliberate, and I think it's deliberate in the same way that they have fleshed out Ripley in a way that... Use heteronormatively feminine where it's like we are making a decision that this is who this character is it is no longer a blank slate that was a male character that we just changed pronouns for she is a woman yeah that and we are choosing to identify her as such there are also multiple women on this crew later on all varying different kinds mm-hmm. it is a cornucopia so in this hearing they basically accuse Ripley of like wrecking their ship on purpose and killing
3: everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Woman drivers. No, oh God, no. Mikey! <laughs> Mikey! Boo. How dare you say something so brave?
2: <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> they revoke her license because of this whole thing. I mean, they do revoke her driver's her license. license. No, I mean not her driver's license though.
1: That is extra. In the theatrical cut, we don't find that much out. Wait, we don't really? Know that she's been fully revoked.
2: Yeah, it's like off. They're
3: like, oh, you, you're no longer allowed to leave the station. It's like it's yeah. like a throwaway line. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, because I mean, because her losing the license is really what's that's up her working for six months in a power lifter suit. Like that's why yeah. she's able to use it so effectively at the end.
1: Right. Well, and, and the scene where they come to kind of pitch her on the new project is shorter too in the theatrical cut. Okay. Cause they kind of just remove that, uh, like, I guess probation that she's on from the theatrical cut. But essentially, at the end of this hearing, the company is like, you no longer have a license to be on flights at all. And you like you owe us money and we're not going to charge you criminal charges. <laughs> it's bonkers. And yeah. they don't believe her. They do not believe there's an alien there. They don't believe there's anything wrong. Now something that I had never really thought about because of an extra scene that's in this cut. Um, what happens off screen is that she lists out the planet that she was at. Go check out LV426. Yeah. And at that point Burke sends Newt's parents. Cause that's the extra scene. We'll get to it in just a second. But that's what triggers Newt's parents going to check out the ship. Yeah. So they say that she had questionable judgment. So we cut to, in the extended version that we watched, if you're watching the theatrical cut, the scene does not exist. But we actually get to see the colony with people in it, which is never in the theatrical cut, ever. You only ever see it defunct. Um, but it, there's a whole thriving, like, a bar and people And something that I noticed in this that I thought was really interesting is that almost everything is branded Wayland yutani Yes. So, like, there's, like, a big wheel, like the tricycle. And then later when Ripley uses a space heater, it's branded too, but it's basically <laughs> like this is a company town is what this is. And so we overhear or rather we we witness a conversation where one of the guys kind of directing work responsibilities at the colony uh, is answering questions about search teams. So we kind of get the sense that they're sending out teams to look for new species or fruits or whatever. Out in the wild of this colony that has now been terraformed, and then they get payment for bringing them back. And they're asking in particular about one that the company asked them to investigate because they haven't heard back from it yet. And they say that they don't usually ask the company why they want to see something because it takes two weeks to get a response. That two weeks is very important because. That's why once we see what we're about to see in the next scene, they don't even find out about it back home till two weeks later. People are fucking dead by then. Like, In the two weeks to get responses anywhere, it's too fucking late. You know, like it destroyed the crew of the Nostromo in 24 hours. So like two weeks, it's having a picnic. But
3: the real question is, would you live on a space colony?
1: Absolutely not. Never, never, never. No, 100%.
3: I want to be mayor of a space colony. I want (laughs) resources. You have fun
1: dying on that space colony. Resource
3: management. Want to manage the resources, build the defenses.
2: But, Mikey, you wouldn't be the mayor. You would just be some grunt that was being told to, like, farm space sheep or whatever. Or potatoes. Like, The Martian is
1: my nightmare. It's a good movie, but it's my nightmare.
3: Hadley's Hope was not a cool place. But, like, I would go to a space colony. I mean, it would look cool. 70 families just hanging out? Movie night? Mm-mm. Nope. It's probably better than Insta-death. Earth. Earth is Earth's probably all run down right now. But I also want you to think about how many
1: people survived the first wave of Earth earth colonies on earth like when white people decided to go live in another place that other people had been living for years but didn't listen to them almost all of them died and that was on this planet so like your chances of survival on an off-world colony slim to none i'm
3: an optimist we're gonna go
2: for it you know hopefully we'll meet some friends along the way you're gonna
1: get killed by a space kangaroo.
2: You put way too much faith into like Elon Musk type people. No, because no. that is who is gonna even be make doing. Not
1: catch fire.
2: <laughs> you think he's gonna make a fusion reactor work in space? No.
1: Yeah, his terraforming is gonna be like, oh, it turns out
3: uh, we rushed it. Let me tell you about that tricycle. It ran. Let me tell you about that heater. It heated up. Yeah, those me... are things we have now on Earth. Yeah, I'm just saying the company technology didn't fail. It failed when they sent them to go get alien eggs. That's what happened. I never pegged you for a company, man. That's interesting. This
2: is, this is an interesting take strange. right here. Yeah, okay. Uh,
1: but also, those are technologies that exist in
2: our time. Oh, yeah. You mean this future corporation cracked we all space heater tech? know
3: that n- n- Newt killed Hadley's Hope. It was an inside job. No, it no, was uh, at, no. no.
1: It wasn't. The
3: mayor should have stopped her. There's no
1: mayor. It's a company town. They're literally all wage slaves. Well, I don't want to be in a company colony. I want to be in like
3: a government
1: colony. I don't know what kind of colony you think is going to be except for a company one.
3: Like a NASA NASA colony. NASA don't got money for colonies? I want to go to a new frontier and really conquer, I'm mean, not Mars. Mars is too close. But like Alpha Centauri.
1: I mean,
2: it's going to take years and years to even get there. I mean, yeah, you would absolutely be, like, saying goodbye to your family. Like, Todd said he would join a colony in the group chat. He's changed his
3: mind for the recording. Wait, did I? Bullshit. Yeah. No, I think you're thinking of me where I
1: said 80s Michael Bean could maybe talk me into a colony. But, like, he doesn't exist anymore because time is cruel. So, like, you know, you've got no hope for getting me to that colony.
2: I've Hadley's hope. Oh, God. (laughs) You know who doesn't have Hadley's Hope anymore? Hadley's Hope. Like, literally the people who live there. Oh, Mikey, I am referencing our group chat from yesterday. The only thing I said I would do is if in, like, 2,000 years from now, they had, like, nailed Space Colony and, like, they had, like, perfected those technologies, then, yes, I would consider it. That's what I'm talking about. You're not going to live that long. It's a hypothetical. The problem for me is I love my family, and if one of them doesn't want to go, then I'm not going, you know?
1: I don't think that we will successfully colonize space to be as safe as I want it to be within my lifetime.
3: Yes, no, exactly. So like, let's say you are in viv- living in this time with the in these people. I don't think it's safe in this time. They got space marines. It'd be fine. I'd join the space marines. I'd join up. Unless you like requisition me my own personal space
1: marine. But mm. even then, you are going to have to like tranquilize me. <laughs> like I'm not going to go willingly. <laughs> I'm not sold. This does not look safe. I don't trust
2: corporations to have our best interest at heart in general. I mean, because they don't. They only care about what Paul Reiser cares about in this movie, and that is stakeholder profits, and they don't yeah. care about people. Well, I'm on the
3: non-profit colony. That then you're going to have even less gonna money. Exist. You're going to yeah. die. Yeah.
1: This is. Let me put it to you this way. Southwest couldn't even fly people to places within the same country successfully this past week. You're going to trust companies to just like... Fly you to a different planet? To a different planet <laughs> and then trust us not to die? They already have our money for the voyage. Why keep us alive?
3: Okay, but if you're like in a Firefly-type universe, like you're like this is if we are in a science fiction universe. Well, that's a different universe
2: than this and a different hypothetical question. I've
3: never lived in a universe where
2: there's safe space colonies, so I've never really experienced <laughs> it. I can't really <laughs> empathize. I feel like that's an appropriate thing to say, though, because... Those are two different universes Like one of them has hyperspace And one of them doesn't If we're talking about like Star Trek Right That's a different type of thing That's a different type of thing Where there's
1: like a UN for space and shit Like the International Conclave of Light Whatever That okay because it's clearly been happening for a long time and it's a norm of the society this is still new where they're like we just figured out how to terraform shit but also i've played way too much horizon forbidden west and zero dawn to trust
2: terraforming shit well
3: it's new to her (laughs) but like they imply that there's hundreds and hundreds of colonies and they've encountered different aliens
2: i mean that is heavily implied because they ask is it something or is it a bug hunt right right and so they've definitely fought i don't think these aliens before but aliens right Yeah,
1: but what I will say is that for people who have done this a lot, that colony still looked like ass.
3: Yeah, that colony didn't look good.
1: And I don't think the other colonies are much better. And all those colonies are company towns. Wayland yutani is like a a monopoly that is just throwing settlers at their problems. Yeah, and actively murdering off entire species wherever they go. Yeah,
3: I would definitely try to go to the planet Catan and be a settler. Settler of of (laughs)
2: Catan. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Paige, I have a quick question for you. Sure. You get your bras from a lady in this movie who refuses to wear one.
1: So Jeanette Goldstein, yes. Yeah. I don't love that she is in brownface in this film. I don't like it. There is, I I don't want to say a reason for that because it's not a good reason, but she also was cast last minute where they had originally cast a woman who was a bodybuilder was also Latino and it was kind of written for her okay but then last minute she basically said that she wouldn't swear. In the film, like, she refused to swear and didn't like the dialogue and pulled out of the
2: project, like, literally last minute. Imagine pulling out of Aliens. Like, no, I don't I think know. I should do this. It's not going to be big. Movie.
1: Well, that's, oh, I mean, God. in in the movies that made us, they interview James Remar. And he's, like, even though he's had a successful career uh, after, yeah. he's, like, man, it would have
2: been fucking lit to be in Aliens. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, even if you had a stellar career, I would have wanted to have been in this movie. Like, yeah. it's an amazing movie. It is an amazing movie. Uh...
1: So Jeanette was cast in part because she was physically strong enough uh, because yeah. she had to be able to hold the gun and a, and a whole bunch. And be th-
2: duct taped into the steady cam thing. And
1: be duct taped into the steady cam where they were not allowed. You couldn't take it off. So for 12 hour days, they couldn't even have bathroom breaks. And so it was God. brutal. The shooting on this is brutal. Having met Jeanette a number of times. I think she would also agree with you that the brown face is not great. And if they were to make this movie again, modern day, they would have likely just chosen another actress. Sure. Um, but Jeanette is very, very kind and nice and has touched my boobs a couple times because of bras and makes really nice bras. Well, or rather, she owns a chain of stores that source bras in extended sizes. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, yeah, But we haven't even met her yet.
2: No, but we're about to. We're about to. Mm-hmm.
1: But first- Extended scene, Hadley's Hope. We find out that they're sending crews out to search for stuff, which is where we meet Newt's family, which is not in the theatrical cut at all. Yeah. And what we see is that her parents are tasked with going out and investigating the ship.
3: The derelict ship, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the derelict ship, per Carter Burke's instructions, knowing what could be on it. And they go and her dad ends up with a face hugger and they call in a mayday.
3: Cheated on his mom that's why she killed everyone in the colony
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I really think is uh, interesting a um the girl who plays newt was a uh, an army brat she was she lived on uh, a military base. In London with her parents and they wanted to cast an American and that was one of the few places they could find children with American accents and so that's how she gets this role is because she could scream really well. That makes
2: a lot of sense that they cast her because of her screaming.
1: Yeah because that's what she mostly does in
2: this movie yeah
1: and in in the documentary she's an adult. Sure. And they have her do it again and it actually sounds pretty similar which is kind of fun. That's awesome. Anyway, so her mom comes back. They call a mayday. What we will find out from another extended scene a little bit later, because when they first arrive at the colony in the theatrical cut, it's a little bit shortened. But we will find out that they tried to remove the facehugger from her dad and killed him in the process. Yeah. Um, but that's the live one that they've got or one of the live ones. Uh, yeah, I think I've there are
2: two live ones.
1: Yeah. So we cut back to the theatrical cut where... They come to see Ripley and ask her to come with them to the colony because they haven't heard from the colony in a few weeks. Uh, And she's living in a shitty company apartment. She tells Jones that he's staying behind this time. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. And she badly needs to ash her cigarette. (laughs) but this is also where we meet lieutenant gorman and gorman's kind of an interesting character because he's the military head of this operation or the marines head of this operation Yeah, he's the lieutenant Mm -hmm. but he is clearly a desk lieutenant where like he's never been in the field and so there's some lost respect there
2: i love when they're asking him when they are like literally drop shipping (laughs) on the planet they're like how many drops have you been on? He says something simulated, like a big 38 number.
1: 38 simulated and two, including this including one. Including
2: this one. That's what I was going to say. It's so funny. He's like, two, including this one. So you've been on one other mission, is what you're saying. Great, great, And great, he's great. like
1: panicking, and it pans over to Hicks, who's asleep. Right. Which I, Where he's just like, this is so boring, I am already Hicks out. is
2: good in a crisis. I relate to that. Honestly, I would be more terrified if you were able to sleep through the bumpiness of that than if you were nervous because of the bumpiness of a dropship. Like why? Because you feel like you're not reacting to the danger at hand. No, I would assume that something fell off of something and hit Hicks in the head and knocked him mm. out. Because the <laughs> fact that he's drop shipping onto a place where there are aliens present, it would be insane to be asleep in that situation. But but that's what's so great about this movie is that the, the I mean we, we'll get
3: there. But like these there are scenes that establish that these are badasses who have killed other aliens and yeah. they're not scared of these aliens and they end up killing. A ton of aliens. Oh, they kill a shitload of them. Yeah.
2: Which is cool. It's all that's what makes the movie so good. I think if we had the exact same number of aliens and the exact same number of Space Marines.
1: I'd bet on the Space Marines. Yeah, me too. That <laughs> yeah. should be Alien Three. You and I have had this discussion before where you think that all alien sequels should take place off world with yeah. Space Marines.
3: At least the future. I could do with aliens breaking out of a lab and, like, consuming Earth, and then Marines, right. yes, like, fighting for, for future yeah. Earth from space. I could t- I could oh, with that. what that'd be a good one, yeah. Like a World War II film, like it's Normandy. It's kind of like Starship Troopers at that point, though. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or like Halo 3,
3: which all rips everything off. Well, not Starship Troopers, but everything rips alien off, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, the sergeant character is... Like they straight up make him in Halo. In yeah, Halo. I mean they remake
2: the Sergeant character for Halo. He's a real Sergeant.
3: Really? Like he he was a real
1: Marine. Yeah, I'll get to it in fun that facts. But out. like, yeah, but he he was one of the few that was like an actual like armed forces guy. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, they try to talk Ripley into going back because they'll have troops, they'll be safely safety, and she's like, no, 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 I just want to stay, use my power lifters, hang out at the cargo docks, like just. Leave me be and they basically Dangle a carrot in front of her of like Well you know how we like Revoked your license and Blamed you for what happened you know how
2: We railroaded you and like Made you yeah you know lose Your job and status and didn't Believe you yeah Yeah. do us This favor so we can return what we took From you it's a a wild (laughs) Ask and I understand why she's like no fuck You I'm not gonna do it
1: yeah well and He leaves her his card And he's like think about it and she She wakes up from a nightmare about aliens. And I assume that the reason she decides to go is like, until I finish this, I will always have these nightmares. So it's more of her personal journey of like, I have this trauma and I have to address it head on. Or I will never be free of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. she is like I could either go to therapy or I could go back to the planet and kill all the aliens. She did. She had a she therapist like me therapy. who was
3: like, "Oh, you have a phobia about these aliens. Drop into a planet full of these aliens. It's called desensitization. That sounds like, like a, a wildly irresponsible therapist. Well, as you know, therapists are always well represented. <laughs>
2: In film and
1: television, on film and television. Yeah, that's true,
2: that's true. We
1: know that she went through a, at least some of her mandated six months of therapy, so we know that she's done some. But I think this is her being like, "I have unfinished business," because Ripley doesn't run away from her problems, and that's why Ripley is great.
3: <laughs> Agree. This is a side note. They tell Ripley on the con- like in the whatever they were at the space place, the space conference room, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that like you know you'll be safe, you won't get anywhere near the danger. And in yes. my mind, now they didn't say this outright. I would have been implied that I stayed on the ship in orbit. Oh, yeah. Right, that's right, what right. I thought and too. I nuke it from <laughs> yeah. orbit. Yeah, yeah. Instead, they're like, get in the car with us. We're going down, all of us. We're not even leaving anybody driving this thing. Yeah. Which I also thought was a wild take for a military operation. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just leaving a giant ship. Full of nukes. Full of nukes (laughs) If there are other aliens It's also implied That there are probably Other ships And we know There's scavenger ships So like What if a scavenger ship Just like rolls up To the Sulaco And it's just like Yo Well there's gotta be
3: Space everything Space tourists And space like Insurrectionists And space like Independent People don't space tread on me. You know, there, there's gotta be all of that.
1: Stuff. Don't moonwalk on me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a space
2: terrian, so I don't believe in space tax. Yeah, I ain't yeah. never been to space. I'm mad at the moon. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm an H
3: two percenter O, which means that the Constitution gives me rights in space. Space doesn't exist. It was invented by Stanley Kubrick. They want you to fear illegal aliens.
1: There is a joke about illegal aliens coming up yeah. in the movie. Oh, yeah. It's not great. It has not aged well, but it, I, it gave me a moment of like, damn, even in the future... We are assholes
2: to people of color. Like, this is, I can't believe this is still a thing. I mean, we may be in the future in the movie, but we're still firmly in 1986 when this yeah, comes Yeah, this is out, 1986,
3: because so. this is written in 1986. Yeah. I'll be honest with you guys. My understanding of humanity, I think there still will be, a thousand years from now, people will still be pretty bad. Oh,
1: yeah, people will be terrible to oh, people yeah, but I, people I figured no we would have reason. moved yeah. on to a different kind of, like, we would be mean to other people. Yeah,
2: we're going to be mean to clones,
3: and I cannot wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Clothes are taking my job. <laughs>
2: I'll tell you one thing that I love, and that is when some filmmaker from the past swung super hard at what, like, slightly future technology would be like. Right. And misses so hard. And a lot of this movie, actually, the technology sort of makes sense to me and I like it. The one that super sticks out to me is the fact that to call Paul Riser, you stick his business card in your laptop and then it FaceTimes him. How is that it's not a QR, a QR code? code. Yeah, because yeah. I thought that as I was watching. There you are to.
3: business cards you can tap on
2: phones that yes. transfer your contacts. That transfer your contacts. Yeah, but like, can you not call someone unless they like give you their business card? No, I think I think you can. <laughs> I think it's just a feature. I- okay. <laughs> I think he gave her
3: the card and she had not used it until that moment and then loaded it onto her computer.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. That that actually makes a lot of sense. I think to that's me. being very kind because she literally shoves a business card into what looks like a fax machine. And it calls it's it's Paul like an Reiser. Apple II. Yeah. <laughs> but exoskeletons exist. Yeah. And James Cameron's had a hard on for them since the eighties because some of his yeah. movies in the 80s have them, and Avatar still uses them.
1: Yeah, Avatar is, like, built around exosuits. Yeah. So, back to this movie. So, she agrees to go and tells Jonesy he can't come right. because she doesn't want to have to save his ass again, even though he's a very cute kitty and I love him. And if I ever get another <laughs> orange cat, I'm naming him Jonesy.
2: Super cute cat, but I understand why she was like, you can't come this time. Like,
1: Because he's an orange cat and they're dumb. And here's the thing. I love... Love orange cats. I'm an orange cat lady. I'll be an orange cat lady for life. I have two of them. They big and they kind of dumb. Yeah. I don't know if this is smart or dumb. He figured out the kind of package that temptation treats come in, which, by the way, is the same as beef jerky, potato chips, gummy worms, like any snack. And so now he just steals anything in that package. So like, you know, I woke up one one night to him dragging a bag of beef jerky over my face (laughs) to hide it somewhere in our bed. Are you sure that wasn't Jake? It was not Jake. Jake was asleep because McCready cuddles up next to Jake, but walks over me as if I'm not there.
2: And so sorry, I assume that dragging his beef jerky across my face was a euphemism for something. I am way (laughs) wrong. That's my bad. It was not. It was just
1: Jack Lynx over my (laughs) Page eyes. Stop with just the just euphemism. Like... Page. we get it. You guys were into some kinky shit. So we cut to the <laughs> barracks where we actually, this is an extended scene where we get a look at the ship. Yeah. Like a little tour. That was actually not in the theatrical cut, but it's also where we see Chekhov's power lifter. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And how many bombs and guns and things that they have.
3: Okay. So re-watching it today for the podcast, yes. I was like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of weapons there. Yeah. 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 Why didn't Ripley just pick up a gun and shoot the queen
1: well she's not in the part of the ship that has the weapons
3: there's a ton on the drop ship
1: that's true there is a ton on the drop ship she could have run back into the drop ship i think she was worried that but newt, the queen would get to Newt. yeah i was gonna
2: say newt isn't in the drop ship and she wants to protect newt
1: and the queen is huge yeah. so i don't know that they had the firepower
2: yeah i mean i think the way she gets rid of her is the right way to do
1: it which if you're interested watch the documentary because they show how the queen was puppeted it took four different people inside
0: cool, yeah. the queen Jeez, to puppet her it's fucking crazy. amazing
1: and they built it originally out of trash bags there's a lot of trash bags and silicone caulk used in this film on both sets and everything
2: just like college just like porn Mikey <laughs> yeah 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 tons of silicone caulk
1: but they built it out of trash bags and puppeted it in a parking lot for like proof of concept and and so they interview all the puppeteers and you get to like see their video of them doing it but it wasn't just like we're sitting next to each other and puppeting they are right and left arm together so two different people are puppeting the top and bottom of mouth but they had to be in sync and then they each have an arm out to the side it's wild That's So crazy. it's so crazy yeah anyway this is where we see the pods of everyone waking up burnt fun fact Each one of those pods cost about $4,500 and they could only afford to make four of them. Wow. Okay. But they have 12 people. Yeah. And so they used mirrors. So it's actually four made to look like 12.
2: That's amazing. Well done.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, everyone wakes up. They're all shirtless. Thank you. Um,
2: (laughs) I mean, and pantless. Or I guess they don't have like trousers on if you're international. Right, it's like shorts, like jammies. Like like, like boxers or, you know, panties on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They all get up. They get dressed. They start to have like their first kind of meal together and you're kind of meeting people as they go. But they're rowdy soldiers. It's very, very different from the crew that we saw in the first film, but also it's very different from Ripley who feels, I think, initially very out of place with this group.
2: I mean, yes. I absolutely think she does, but a lot of people in this group are like, I don't know. Like, I sort of love Bill Paxton in this movie, but like, I love Bill Paxton because in this he's movie. so almost good. Almost all of
1: his lines are improv,
2: but I hate his character. Oh my God. Did you just say all of his lines were almost improv? Almost all of his lines
1: are improv. And the only reason Fuck. people know this, because Bill Paxton unfortunately has passed. Yeah. And he was beloved by the entire cast. Like, that part of the documentary is super sad. They all miss him. And the girl who played Newt was like he would always apologize to me when he swore in front of me on set. And he would like oh, he would like color and coloring books with her and stuff. He was supposedly like the nicest guy. But as they've published shooting scripts and drafts of this, a lot of his lines are not there or they're different. So people think that these are alternate takes and that he improved a lot of the lines.
2: He was just supposed to be like the red shirt guy who like comes yeah. down doesn't say much and dies and like on the yeah. days of shooting James Cameron was like just keep the camera on bill paxton because he is Game liable to say man. something crazy yeah. and i will want to use that it's sort of like when you're shooting jim carrey in a movie you just never turn the camera off yeah yeah
3: but i mean like this scene has a lot in common with like full metal jacket and like vietnam movies oh yes. yeah it feels authentic yeah. a lot of science fiction i'm not gonna name names but the movie dune they don't humanize <laughs> they don't they don't give people personalities enough in the future
2: they're not humans but you can still smile I think they are humans. It depends on who you're talking about. If you're talking about the Fremen, they are human. Right, right, right. I don't know who you're talking about when you say they're emotionless and they don't have much character to them. Because you just haven't seen past the first episode of Dune. That's true. The first episode is only the first half of the first book. And we don't really meet any of the Fremen except for Stilgar. I mean, I've seen other adaptations of Dune.
1: Oh, the other adaptations, you cannot... Include they are not
2: accurate. The sci-fi miniseries is actually pretty true to the. It is pretty good. It's so good. Oh, oh, what? It's the dude from um the British dude. Well, he's in Children of Dune. He's not in the original miniseries, but yeah, you're thinking of James McAvoy. Uh huh.
1: But it has a different thing. This is a horror movie that has space marines, and they're trying to make them the most like actual marines yeah
2: and that's what we're getting And they do a great job yeah. yeah this is just like the platoon version of like those marines in space
1: um it's predator in space
2: yeah i mean that's probably a better allegory. i mean actually
1: predator is probably aliens on the ground <laughs> anyway so they're having dinner bishop does the knife trick yeah which by the way they did not warn bill paxton they were going to use his hand that was decided oh, funny on the day they had a shot at once with just Bishop and they didn't like it as much so they reshot it and and put Bill Paxton's hand on there
3: and he did accidentally cut him Oh really? Yeah. What you don't know about Hudson is that his first name is Chet and he was frozen in 1986 and then rethought out <laughs> From the movie Weird Science, it's the same character.
1: (laughs) It is the same character. It's also kind of the same character from Terminator, which he was also in. I don't know if you remember.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He literally went from that to this. I think he's the only person that's been killed by the Terminator and an alien, right? And an alien and a predator, I believe. Oh, yeah, all three. Yeah. Yeah, he's the only person that ever hit for the cycle or whatever they call that in sports ball. In the extended Chet
3: universe. Expanded Chet universe, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: The Mm (laughs) XCU.
3: Anyway, so
1: this is where Ripley finds out that he is an android and she flips the fuck out because I don't know if you remember, but in Alien, the first one, uh, Bilbo Baggins does her wrong So she's <laughs> scared of robots
2: Yeah, I mean, I after what happens to her and Alien I understand, I, I get it
1: Yeah, and at this point Lance Henriksen is like Oh yeah, that model was always twitchy But I would never hurt you And she's like i'll believe it when i see it fucker like she's just like stay the fuck away from me
3: that's what i tell all the girls when i start dating them. i'm like oh your ex that one, that model was twitchy like i'll never hurt <laughs> it's like impossible i would never well even 500 years in the future or 56 years robots are still run by splooge
1: i think you mean milk it's milk and yogurt and he got food
2: poisoning from it Oh. anyway
1: so they're getting a rundown of basically what they're in for yeah
2: what the op is what the operation what is. the op yeah. is
1: And this is also where you kind of get a you you get a little bit of face time with everybody. So you kind of learn who the Marines are, at least the ones that are going to live past the next two scenes Uh, and the (laughs) other ones you see and don't necessarily get their names. Yeah. But Ripley tries to impress upon them how dangerous the xenomorphs are. Are. Yeah, and they don't believe her. They're like, we've killed fuck tons of aliens. Yeah,
2: they're really like blowing her off because they have killed other aliens. They're just not these types of aliens.
1: Yeah, and and Vasquez at one point is like, I just need to know where they are. Like, just tell me where they are so I can shoot them to death. And she's like, I hope you're right. Like, I I hope that you guys can end them and it won't be a big deal. Yeah, or that we get there and there's nothing wrong or whatever. But like. We need to be prepared if it doesn't happen that way. So the sergeant orders them to get ready and says asses and elbows, which I think is really funny.
2: I do love it. I know yeah. it
1: is a military saying, but I just love it every time I hear it.
2: I love
3: his little speech.
2: Every meal is a banquet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> every, every sunrise a blessing.
2: I love that it. it very much is Master Chief's boss, like the entire movie. Like it mm-hmm.
1: is him. Well, ma- I mean, they stole it from oh, this. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, Halo's yeah. way after this. Yeah. Yeah. They all load onto the ship. Uh, they're going in for the drop and or I guess they're they're starting to load up the ship and this is where Ripley shows that she can use the power loader uh, and they're like oh that's cool and we get some product placement for Reeboks nice to see that they're still around in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. We see them loading up all of the giant guns and they get into their combat seats. And this is where and they people think that this line was improvised where he says, express elevator to hell going down uh, <laughs> because it's not in any of the scripts. Um, but they basically free fall out of the ship to land on the planet. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we find out that Gorman has not been on any of those drops. 38 simulated to uh real ones including this one meanwhile everyone else is just chilling hicks is asleep in fact when they land they're like somebody wake up hicks <laughs> like he's
2: just <laughs> he didn't even wake up for landing what you don't want in your corporal you want your corporal to be awake and aware the entire mission
1: yeah sure and he ends up being in charge he's not in charge at this point literally like 12 people die so he ends up in charge <laughs> Just like
3: King Ralph.
1: (laughs) So they land and they're going to go into the main colony complex. So they do fly over. There's no activity. They don't see anybody. And they realize that they still have power, like the electricity is still on. Yeah. Uh, So they land and then they basically take off in effectively like the Rumbler from Dark Knight.
2: Or the tumbler, whatever they call it. (laughs) I mean, it very much is a nineteen eighties Batmobile, but it's like six or seven feet tall, and the wheels go yeah. Almost all the way up to the top of that, which means mm-hmm. like it's probably a miniature and then they moved around that set everywhere, which to me
1: was very funny. So fun fact, in some parts it is a miniature, good clocking, yeah. but also they left a lot of these sets up, particularly the one with the eggs, the egg room they left up okay, because Batman used them next. Oh, yeah. And I when Batman this. arrived yeah. mm. to, like, shoot, most of the sets were still intact and they actually left some of it for, like, the Batcave and stuff. <laughs> what are all these penguin eggs doing around here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's mostly the the H.R. The Giger walls and yeah, stuff yeah. that they left. But I do think it's very funny that it basically just gets reused, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. But the town is abandoned, which, without that earlier scene... Like the movie still works in the theatrical cut, sure. it never bothered me that it was right. you know abandoned or whatever. But having seen it with people in it, then abandoned, I think is actually way more effective. I like having that earlier scene in to give you a contrast. Oh,
2: I honestly wouldn't cut any of the extended scenes. I no, I think it's great. I really think it fits. I don't think it slows down the pacing. Like it does a great job with them.
1: Yeah, they go inside, and the place is torn to shreds and leaking from the rain outside. They walk through. They use motion trackers. Nobody seems to be moving. Yeah. This is one of the first places where we get a close-up of the Steadicam guns, which are just Steadicam rigs, and you can actually see on Jeanette Goldstein's midsection that they have literally, like, gaffer-taped It to her body. Yeah. And she would have to be cut out of it every day.
2: That's terrible. (laughs) Oh, man. It's
1: terrible. She, well, she and the other guy, they became like best friends and are still friends to this day. Oh, that's awesome. Because it was such a terrible experience (laughs) 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 uh, that they were just like, we're in it together. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. So uh, they split up into groups of two to search uh, and they do hear a beeping movement and find a hamster. But other than that, They don't find
3: anything. Is it a coincidence that everyone is dead except Newt's favorite pets? That's all I'm saying.
1: (laughs) I mean, someone should be asking these questions. I mean, hamsters die easy. So the fact that, like, they've survived all this shit.
2: I do love that your theory is that the 10 or 11-year-old girl in this movie killed the entire colony. And the aliens are just there by a coincidence.
1: Yeah, she framed them. That's what it was. So as he's looking at the hamsters, he pans over and sees that there is acid burns in the floor. Yeah. And just as he's finding that the other group finds acid burns through the floor ceiling and multiple layers
2: i'll be honest with you if i was ripley in that moment first off i wouldn't even be there i'd be on the ship in space but like if i saw acid blood i'd be like oh these are the aliens i told you about we're fucked everyone has to leave immediately or you're getting left because i'm leaving now
1: yeah nuke it from orbit yeah but they basically are like i think everything here is dead i think whatever happened i think we missed it yeah and They're like, cool. So we secured the place. And she's like, no, you fucking didn't. What the fuck are you talking? What? You've only looked at like three rooms. You haven't secured (laughs) shit. Yeah. Uh, And they're like, well, let's see if we can get the computer to load, which I do think that they should try to do, like even, you know, like safely if they can.
2: Yes. You got to get to the captain's logs or whatever, you know, they would call whatever they write out, you know, Mikey's mayor logs right yeah dear diary today i made people stack crates <laughs> today i blew holes into the giant
3: spiders yeah mm-hmm. we're breeding hamsters more as a as a crop
1: <laughs> as a food source oh, no. i have too many chickens so i built more closets <laughs> this is like this is exactly like rim world i know this is exactly like rim job world but that's exactly why i don't want to live in your rim job colony
3: the, the colonist known as Newt has been showing some sociopathic tendencies.
1: I'm scared. She keeps killing hamsters. Good thing we have a ton of replacements. <laughs> anyway, so because they're going to go look at the computers and they've declared it safe, Gorman, Burke, and Ripley are going to go into the colony. And this is actually an extra scene uh, where they stop outside the colony, basically as they're walking in, and Hicks stops her and says are you all right? Cause she kind of pauses. She doesn't want to go inside. Yeah, And she says, yes, but this is the first thing we really see of him being like, clearly you have got some trauma. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. are you okay? Like no one really cares for Ripley's safety except him for the bulk of the movie. And it's kind of a marked difference from the other people around her. Yeah. They go inside and realize that the settlers had blockaded Portions of the colony to try and either keep things out or keep them in. But the barricades did not hold. But they're not finding any bodies. So they go into their server room and their lab, basically their med bay, yeah. where they have live specimens. And they do look vulvic. Yeah. Because one of the themes in the alien franchise is the horror of a lack of bodily autonomy in a sexualized sense, I will say. Yeah. And thus commences my very, very brief, because we are, is already a very long episode. One of the key things in the first Alien movie is the horror of being impregnated without your consent. And that carries through into this film as well. And I think it's very interesting that they contrast in this film, Chosen Motherhood, where Ripley has kind of chosen to fill that role Mm -hmm. for Newt versus forced motherhood, which Burke tries to force on them both, but is also a feature of what makes these aliens horrifying. And it, I think, really gives validity to people who have experienced assault in that way and how that can be very violating. And I think this movie is one of few to address how violating a lack of bodily autonomy in that way can be. And I respect the hell out of it
3: and i think it makes it very approachable of like yeah. this abstract thing of like well if an alien impregnated me I, that'd be the worst thing that could ever happen and but then... what if
1: that alien grew up to be president
3: <laughs> right exactly
1: <laughs> and, like, and, and like that's me
3: stupid kid watching science fiction movie and then like you know you date a girl and they're like oh like a rape, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Okay,
1: and and it is it is no mistake that many of the aliens are designed to be phallic. That was purposeful. H.R. Giger has talked about it quite a bit. Yeah, it is not an accident. It is not a coincidence. Very much, these movies use sexual assault as a language to communicate terror within this franchise. Uh, when I was taking Phil Eisner's class at UCLA. Which, did we ever put that on Patreon?
2: You mean our chat with Phil Eisner? Mikey, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. couldn't be there because you had to be at work, Mikey. But yeah, that's definitely on Patreon. It's been on up there for a few months, actually.
1: Okay. Uh, writer of Event Horizon. But the first thing he did the first day of class is he just like stood up and walked to the chalkboard And drew something and then stepped back and it was a xenomorph like he'd like purpose like perfectly drawn on the chalkboard nice and he literally was like why is this scary why is this terrifying what does it look like and was like it is phallic like that that is is part of the fear that is baked into this franchise you cannot separate it. And I don't think it's a mistake that a franchise that has a woman as your protagonist who is strong, who wins at the end and fights through it, also has an association with sexual assault as the villain. I think that is purposeful. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to me within the franchise.
2: I mean, I think it was also important to James Cameron because he worked it into the whole fucking franchise. Like, it became a well, thing. Well, it's, it's like, in the first one, too. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's it starting in the first one.
3: This is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today.
2: (laughs) Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror Virgin 50 to get 50% off.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at Meta.com/slash Metaverse Impact.
1: But yes, yeah, so this is where we see, first of all, the underside of a uh face hugger, which is one of the first times we've ever seen that. Yeah. Including its terrifying rape tube. And and it looks very genital. Also, I think this movie might be one of the first times where we see a face hugger uh run like a spider.
3: Yeah. 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 Dude.
1: Anyway, something triggers the motion sensors in D block and it's coming straight for them. They don't know what it is or why, uh, but something runs past them. One of the guys shoots first, asks questions later. Hicks stops him. Because he paused long enough to see that it was a little girl. I mean, you see it's a shot little girl. Little yeah, girl. and they do yeah. shoot at Newt in this first scene. Yep. Uh, so they kind of try to grab her and pull her out. She bites Hicks's arm. So he's got like a bandage <laughs> on it the rest of the movie. Yeah. And Ripley ends up crawling into the vents behind her. And she basically lives in like a trash compact.
2: Yeah, it's like in the ventilation system. Yeah, it's just like a place she can hide yeah. and not make noise and survive. Or it's a place she designed to survive her attack on Hadley's Hope. I mean, I don't, I don't know that she could have orchestrated the murder of 70 families. She took a lot of personal effects into that place, which is weird if she really didn't have a lot of time. I mean, she's had a lot of time. She's had a couple weeks yeah. at least. And if I was the only survivor of an alien infestation, I would probably want to go collect some keepsakes.
1: Yeah, well, she's got like her school photo. Yeah, that has her real name on it. She's got her doll Casey that is just a terrifying severed head. Yeah,
2: that's a point for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, Mikey. Yeah, I'll give you that one.
1: Yep. Uh, she isn't. She won't really talk to anybody but Ripley, and I think it's because Ripley's the only one that treats her like a child. Yes. Like, like Gorman's like, talk to us. Why won't you talk to us? And Ripley's like hey, here's some hot chocolate. What's your name? (laughs) I mean,
2: Gorman seems like he's one step away from leaning her over a table, putting a towel over her face and pouring a jug of water on her. Like, he is that close to that. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe if he waterboarded Newt, he would have got the truth. This is bonkers (laughs) bad taste. I mean, I think we do get the truth in a much better way from Sigourney Weaver just treating this like 10 year old, like a 10 year old. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing, too, where some people have criticized like, oh, they just put Ripley into the
1: mother role. And I was like, no, no, no. I think Ripley found a child and no one else. Cares and is no one else is going to look out For this child and Ripley is compassionate Well, (laughs)
2: like I I mean yes I would say she is compassionate I don't want to Discount that by what I'm about to say but also They needed that information And Ripley's the only one that knew how to get it Out of a child so she had to Step in and get that information like Mm -hmm. I'm not saying she's not compassionate But someone also needed to Do that and she was able to do it Yeah Yeah. well and as
1: the Movie goes on I also think it's really Interesting people always talk about her as a Other figure and don't address Hicks as a father figure because he Transforms throughout the film Yes, as well, yes he does where you see him like lifting Her onto tables yeah. and carrying her With them like
2: towards the end of this Movie when it's sort of just the three Of them they, it yeah is like they're a, like a little Family it's like a family yeah which is Why three is so mad at him.
3: <laughs> It's like X-Men 3 to me
1: Oh X-Men 3 is terrible That's yeah. a really that's the one with the bridge right Yeah I fucking yeah. hate that one terrible especially Because X2 is so good it's just like this.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. See?
1: Anyway, so uh, they get some information out of Newt, and we find out that her family is dead. Yes. Which should have suggested that everyone was dead. Uh, but essentially, they get hits off tracking beacons for the other colonists.
3: Yeah. She was like, they mostly tried to tell me what to do. Mostly. mostly. Oh, gee.
1: <laughs> but this is also where they find out that they're all in like one place. And for me, I'm like, they're all in one place. This little girl's with us. Those are bodies. Like, there's no way. Like, they're not alive. Someone would be caring for this child. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, we do get to see Bishop dissecting a face hugger.
2: Which is cool. It is very cool. It's pretty cool.
1: Anyway, so (laughs) they decide to go drive to another part of the compound uh, where all of the bodies are. And they kind of park up at the top and then send all of the Marines down via the stairs. Yeah. Um. But they realize as they're making their way through and still not seeing signs of anybody that if they shoot anything, it might ignite some of the fuel stored in the compound and could cause a giant explosion and kill
3: everybody.
2: Yeah. Which is interesting that the aliens sort of know that and have chosen that location.
3: I think that that's the reactor, so it's warmer than the rest of yes, the colony. Yes, that's what I think it is. Uh, okay. They're like termite. They're like bees. Yeah, I like their bug persona.
2: So I guess I have a question. How intelligent are the aliens? Because it seems like they do sort of have a plan of attack. They engage in trying to find different routes in. I think the queen is intelligent, more intelligent than them. Sure. And if we're looking at like the bee metaphor for the aliens, that makes sense. Okay,
1: so canonically, there are two potential answers to that. Number one is the bee answer, where they are worker bees, they transmit information, sure. and the queen is smart. But at, at points we see the queen, like, use the elevator and things yeah. like that that are like, that's pretty intelligent. Yeah, I think so Which too. Which lends itself to explanation number two Which is primarily tied to the prequels But I actually do like it as an explanation Because they are a parasitic Organism much like the Thing they take on traits Of whoever hatches them I have heard
3: that that's the Alien 3 Retcon
1: it is but I do think It makes sense for the first two films As well because it Means that they have some of us In them but it also means that depending On what they've been feeding on they're different other Places
2: do you think that's why they didn't like Try to assimilate Newt immediately Immediately, because they didn't want to have like small aliens because she's still a child. No, 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 no. no.
3: I think it's because they remembered bullying her before and leaving <laughs> her out before she
2: killed them. That was their human parts remembering that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's because the, the egg has to hatch. That's also why, because in this ah, scene, okay. they're walking through and they start to find people's bodies yeah. stuck to the wall. It's so
2: gruesome too, man. Like a lot of the body horror in this is super effective.
1: It's pretty rough and then they find and this next piece was the piece that terrified me as a child because I saw this when I was like eight was probably the first time I saw Mm -hmm. this movie that stuck with me the whole time that even watching it today I was like the existential horror of this still haunts me to this day Yeah, where they find the woman on the wall that's alive. And she's asking to
2: to kill me please kill me kill
1: me please kill me because she has watched everyone else hatch. And then she chest bursts, and it's fucking horrifying. It is, Ugh. but that gives us an idea of yeah. kind of what happens. Where the queen lays a bunch of eggs, they put people on the walls, and then as the face huggers hatch, they just attach to open hosts. Yeah. So they basically she got there before the host connection was made. Yeah. For Newt later in the movie. Anyway, so they can only use flamethrowers, but they find the people on the wall. Everyone's fucking horrified.
2: Yeah. Well, except for Sigourney Weaver. She's just like, "Uh, I told y'all so. Yeah. Get them out of there. We need to get. We just she's like, they're all
3: dead. Let's get let's get out of here. Yeah,
1: they're all dead. Let's fucking leave. I do love that when they all hand in their magazines of bullets and stuff, Hicks keeps a shotgun and he's like. I like to keep this one on hand for close encounters. Yeah. And in my mind I was just like, Of the third kind. <laughs> of the fourth kind. That's or is it fourth or fifth? Because it's you're actually encountering a being. It's home base.
2: Yeah, if we're going by Romance in the Pod City of Angels encounters, angel encounter scale, mm-hmm. this is it's, home base. Yeah, This is home base, yeah. There,
1: there is actually an alien encounter scale. Hold on. Well, I mean. yeah,
2: it goes to like seven or eight, though. Third encounter is abduction, I think. Then. No, that's higher up. So, next scale is the
1: reference for the actual additional. So, fourth kind is abduction. Okay, That's why the movie The Fourth Kind is called The Fourth Kind. Yeah. And f- fifth kind is direct communication between aliens and humans so this movie would be close encounters of the fifth kind yeah
3: Yeah. and we communicate with bullets
1: (laughs) anyway as they're all freaking out and have flamethrower the chestburster yeah we see the other aliens start to come down out of the ceiling realizing that they've just been kind of like coiled there which is fucking terrifying
2: to me Dude, that shot and that reveal is so cool but so fucking scary because it's like it It's a still shot. Nothing is moving. And then you see three of them move off of the wall. you're like, what the hell? Yeah. It's so good.
1: And immediately they are outnumbered and they are surrounded. And within seconds, eight of them are dead. Like, just oh yeah, insta-dead. it's yeah. very quick. Like this movie does not fuck around. It kills off half the crew in one scene. Yeah, just gone. So the sergeant dies, Apone. Yeah, Master Chief's boss. Yeah. the ne- The next person they call is Hicks, and Ripley calls Hicks. He gets people to retreat. He gets Bill Paxton. Originally, they get both Gunners Vasquez and her partner, but yeah. then he gets covered in acid and attacked so he dies and they have to leave him.
2: I mean, he dies sort of saving one of them. He just shoots it too close. He the saves blood, her. Yeah, and the blood gets all over yeah. him and he sort of dies from it, which is sad, but what's what happens. It's, it's super sad, yeah. and,
1: and especially because,
2: like, if you watch, especially
1: with the extended scenes, if you watch them closely, they are clearly very close. They are
2: bros. Yeah. Like it's a lot when he dies for Vasquez, I think.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and I also think that's why she triggers the grenade at the end because yeah. she's just like we out. Yeah. But Ripley at this point goes into what I would call the trauma response, Uh, but she's just like, <laughs> we've got to get them out of there. So she drives <laughs> down, picks up who's left, which by the way, they went in with 12. They've come out with three. Yeah like Mm -hmm. it's brutal and they drive literally just out of the colony literally to the point where she's like run the tumbler or whatever you want to call it
3: which if you're keeping score that's two out of two things she's driven that she's crashed
2: (laughs) (laughs) this is one of those times where like that is a factually correct statement but like Does not define her as a pilot. Right. But she
3: did like miss (laughs) the shipping lanes in the escape pod as well. So it could technically be three for three.
2: But wasn't like the alien hanging on the outside of it, which would definitely change the targeted trajectory of it. Well, and she jettisons him out. Yeah. Yeah. Then she has time
3: to set it all up before she goes to sleep. And she may have messed that up. I don't don't, I'm not I'm not playing the blame game. It sounds like you are. I'm just saying (laughs) if you were a manager, you might.
2: Rotate in someone else to drive. That's all I'm saying. Terrible. Yeah, like Ripley. Why don't you like hold the map? You can navigate. Why don't you hold the map, and uh, we'll let Hicks drive? Just because we're gonna give him a shot, right? Not because he's a man, but like because. Well, technically, the the driver (laughs) of the rendezvous ship,
1: the one that's gonna pick them up. Don't say this, Paige, because that one also crashes. crashes. (laughs) But this it's because is there was an alien on board you. that
3: wasn't her fault. Yes, James I James Cameron hates female drivers. You heard <laughs> it here first. I think there's some
1: scenes in Abyss that are like this as well. Sarah Connor's a fantastic driver So I don't know what you're that talking about That is true yeah But that's because Kyle Reese is a terrible driver As Blaine brought up on our episode Because he's never driven our cars <laughs> So he just
2: like constantly crashes Which is honestly a fun like little Oh I'd never noticed that before but I never that's thought true. about that so I love stupid. that I'm trying to bring some new takes
3: to a movie that's been analyzed before.
2: I do love your super topical women can't drive takes. She technically crashes the Sulaco as well.
3: Does she? In the start of Alien 3 because they crash land on that penal colony. Oh, I haven't
2: seen that one. They crash land on a penal colony? (laughs) Yes, Todd.
3: (laughs) I can't wait to do three. I hate it. And they all dress like monks. I don't even want to talk about it.
1: So, the alien's trying to get in. They can't get the door closed. Hicks shotguns it, uh, which just peppers Bill Paxton with some acid spit. Yeah. So, he's a little bit injured as well. Uh, but they make their way out. And Nude is okay. Hudson, Bill Paxton, has some acid burns. Gorman has a concussion because a box fell on him in the car. <laughs> Vasquez <laughs> is angry but alive. And Hicks is alive as well. Yeah. And is now the ranking military... Person mm-hmm. and the military owns the op.
2: Yeah, because Master Chief's boss is dead. He outranked Hicks, and the lieutenant got bonked on the head, so he took he's to out end. of commission. Yeah, so Sleepy times. Yeah. yeah, so Hicks is up to bat,
1: and they do know that some of their peers are not dead yet. And Vasquez is like, "We got to go back and get them." And they literally are like, "No, nah. like they're toast." Yeah, like they're being cocooned with all the others. If they're not dead now. They're about to be very very dead So at this point Everyone's throwing around ideas And Ripley is like Take off
2: and nuke it from orbit Fuck this planet <laughs> like, A famous
3: line And it's amazing
2: I do love how like Bill Paxton's character Is like Just like panicky Like so freaked out Doesn't know what to do can't be happening man yeah. <laughs> Like, that's his vibe the whole movie, and I love it, but he is so annoying. Like, in the <laughs> most fun way, which is yes. this weird line to walk, but he nails it. But, like, I love that when she's like, We should leave and nuke it for orbit, he's like, Yes! We're doing that. Please. That is the right <laughs> plan right <laughs> now. I love it so much.
1: But Burke comes in. He's like, hey, uh, this colony was expensive. He's like, well,
2: actually, this cost three eight point nine billion to Starshi or whatever. So, like, we can't leave. We can't leave. But also, is
1: it ethical to wipe an entire species uh. off the planet? We just got our
2: asses kicked, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll say this. They're not indigenous to that planet. They're not. They're not indigenous. We can kill this colony and they'll be
3: fine. And there's still eggs on the derelict ship, I would assume. Yeah. Because the the derelict ship's like 100 miles away from the colony. Yeah. And at this point, Ripley's like, oh, it's nice that you object,
1: but Corporal Hicks has authority here. And Hicks
3: is like, yeah, we're nuking it from orbit. Let's do that. I mean, let's be honest. If we, you guys did not choose the space colony, space marine path. But if you did. did not. Nuking something from orbit would definitely be on the bucket list of things you want to do as a space marine
2: I do love that like I now know how Mikey ends every Wimworld save Like he like just builds up his colony and then nukes it from orbit
3: Yeah <laughs> Don't forget first I unleash a bunch of aliens in then...
2: <laughs> <laughs> So you're pretty much newt, newt, is what you're saying Yeah okay okay
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they call for transport They're like get us the fuck off this planet so we can nuke it from fucking orbit yeah. And the ship has been landed with the cargo bay open, not paying attention to what could just be waltzing into it.
2: Yeah. Like like they know they're aliens on the planet, too. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing a terrible job of protecting their escape plan.
1: Yeah. And so they load up to go pick everyone up. And as he walks in, he's like, ew, gooey stuff. Whatever. I'll just keep going. Dead Instantly dead But like
2: You know that Gooey stuff Is from an alien Like he might as well Have run past an alien On board bumper sticker Like (laughs) And this is when Everybody in military service Is like
3: They must be Air Force Because they like Make jokes like that You know It's clear they're
2: All space marines though So
1: (laughs) It says it It says marine corps
2: So yeah But because It was already in flight When the alien Kills the pilot Like it does crash And explode It crashes It just is a coincidence That the Pilot also happens to be Female it wasn't her fault Uh, Let's see what her car insurance has to say About that (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see like the Flow hologram from progressive (laughs) Show up on this planet And be like So what you're saying is you, Newt, released the aliens to kill everyone in the colony? Yeah, we're not covering
3: this. (laughs) Yeah, this is not technically an act of God. Because Newt released the aliens, Exactly, this ship is not covered for accident coverage. Right.
1: I don't know if you know this, but statistically, men pay... 1% 1% more than women for car insurance overall. But the difference is actually even more pronounced in younger men because they tend to get in more accidents. Fuck y'all!
3: Oh, younger men are idiots.
2: And I. <laughs>
3: look, I didn't crash a spaceship.
2: It's funny to me that you think you made a point. Like the joke we're making, or that Mikey's <laughs> making, really, is yeah. just like that society views women as bad drivers and it's not true like that's the joke i know i I realize that women have crashed everything in this movie but that is not indicative of our
3: skills i'm not saying that society views it like that i'm just saying that james
2: cameron is like that and and he doesn't like ripley to be perfect or any woman apparently (laughs) i do think paige you're not mad at us you're mad at james cameron james cameron yeah. yeah
3: the world-renowned filmmaker.
2: (laughs) I mean, I
1: am, but for other reasons. Because I'm like, you could have been making the Terminator sequels.
3: He could have led science fiction to a really cool place.
2: I would argue that James Cameron thinks he has done that. He's not
3: wrong. He is coming out with a documentary next week where he paid a bunch of scientists to prove that Jack could not fit on the door with Rose at the end of Titanic.
1: I actually, I support the hell out of that. <laughs> it's
3: an actual documentary that's coming out like next week. He's got so much fuck you money where he's tired of people talking about it online. Yep, and he's going to prove it. And I respect it. But how will those scientists be unbiased if he funded the whole thing? They, they won't. won't.
1: <laughs> I just it's, it's just petty, but I love <laughs> that's it. It's the kind of petty that I love. <laughs> anyway, the ship crashes. Bill Paxton immediately... Right now, what are we supposed to do? Game <laughs> over, man. He's so great. So great. R.I.P. <laughs> man. I know. They make their way back to the colony and kind of barricade themselves near the Med Bay, uh, along with all the weapons that they could salvage from the drop ship.
3: Yes, because they talked about it would take fourteen days for them to launch a rescue mission.
1: Seventeen days oh 17 but this is also an extended scene because in the theatrical cut they don't have the robot sentries it's completely cut out as a plot point
2: that's wild because i love the robot sentries and how they're used i loved it mm-hmm. i thought it was very cool like and I, I mean how they're used in the story of like yeah they almost get in and then don't like it's so good
1: it's great but all of that is not in the theatrical cut like wild. that's a huge portion of the 17 minutes is the plot point of robot sentries because they're basically motion sensor guns. What it serves to do is let you know that there's so many aliens here, they are outgunned. Yeah. Even their baddest, most bulleted, they're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And so they set up the sentries They weld some of the doors shut They basically shut it down so that the aliens can only Come at them from a smaller Amount of vantage points that they could more Easily patrol and control
2: Yeah I mean they're under the impression Right now that they have to hold up for like 17 Days so uh-huh. yeah or as I call it exactly where Newt wants Them <laughs> okay but Todd
1: imagine too hot To handle taking place within those 17 Days <laughs> yeah.
2: I do think the one The one way you could make too hot to handle better is to put it in space and to at any point know aliens could kill them all right
3: you don't even need aliens i would totally watch a dating space station reality show oh
2: yeah Uh, listen netflix once we can start doing full-ass productions in space i have a great premise for love at first space (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we shot these 16 singles into into orbit (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) we shot them to the asteroid belt to see if they could oh wait that would be the biggest loser like a space allegory (laughs) shooting someone to the asteroid belt to lose their belt loops anyway whatever it's dumb but i mean with different gravity they weigh less already we just
1: shot them out there and then they just get to come right back because you lost 200 pounds or whatever but (laughs)
2: love it
1: here's my problem with this I know I'm the one who suggested it, but if I'm marooned on a space colony where I'm definitely going to die and there's a hot space marine, all I'm going to do is bone because I'm toast anyway. Yeah. So let's have a good 17 days.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or
1: four hours in this movie. Oh, if you don't
2: think that Hicks and Sigourney Weaver didn't find a quiet place to bone down off camera, that's part of my headcanon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, not like the actors, the characters, but. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I'm thinking it happened almost immediately after he showed her how to use that gun.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that was the, like, afterglowing Oh, the gun.
3: That's the pillow talk. Yeah. The pillow
1: pillow talk. Anyway, so they look at floor plans and they're kind of plotting out, like, what they're going to weld clothes, what sentries they're going to set up. This is where... Uh, Hicks starts like n- lifting Newt onto the table And kind of like carrying her with him They
2: become more family I mean honestly yeah. It's because I think there's so few of them left Like even the other ones Who aren't like what I would call Like in the family structure They start to seem more familiar as well Except for Paul Riser, Who's always a fucking creep And remains a fucking creep Yeah 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 Oh you mean an uncle <laughs> <laughs> As an uncle Not necessarily hugely incorrect but rude but it's more that he is, like, just straight up a corpo-fascist, I guess, in yeah. this movie. Like, yeah, a yeah. corpo-fascist. And in his defense, he's kind of mad about Newt. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it, Paige! That was amazing. I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you. Helen Hunt deserves better, is all I'm saying.
3: I mean, why do you think the Alien Queen was so upset that Newt left the planet? Because
2: Newt had been manipulating her all along. Newt had been, like, stringing her along. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: she was just leaving like body parts as breadcrumbs (laughs) to lure her into different parts of the colony, selling her steaks of like the primest colonist meat. How do we? How do we get back to cannibalism every time?
2: We never leave cannibalism. I've found. (laughs) It's always a part of you. But they for- they didn't
3: rescue the hamsters. And I think that's a plot point that we really need to go over and over and over again.
2: You know who else didn't
1: rescue the hamsters? The people in-, in Friday the 13th part six. I don't know if you remember the hamsters in that movie. Nobody rescues hamsters. Fuck a hamster. Have I told you the
2: story about when I saw a hamster commit suicide? <laughs> no do I want to hear it Or do
1: I want to go on with my day And have a nice time
2: Mike, I, I just broke Mikey with that simple Question alone Did it jump off something I was at my neighbor and friend's house And he had a second Story on his house And it had that like overlook That overlooked like the downstairs Where like the front door was So if you were on the second floor You could see down into the entryway And we saw this hamster run towards the end of that And Kevin was like no And as Kevin was screaming It looked back and didn't stop running So it just like sailed off the edge of the second (laughs) story And was no more (laughs) That's
1: terrible.
2: Yeah. I think I was 11.
1: I take it back. Maybe they should have saved the hamsters. It would have been the Jonesy of this movie. (laughs) So uh, they decide to repair the barricades. And as they kind of send everyone out to do their orders, Hicks pulls Ripley aside and he's like, I want you to put this on. It's a locator. That way I can find you anywhere. And he's like, "We're not engaged or anything." But I was like, "Basically, you are, man." But like, I can also <laughs> send you texts and emojis, smiley face, beep 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 beep. Like you are all about to die because no one's gonna survive for seventeen days. That right. you might as well be engaged right now. Essentially, she's your person.
3: Except this bitch immediately re-gifts his gift
2: <laughs> to Newt, who he does care for which i really hope you can't send messages to that device because if he assumes those are going to ripley egg play, egg and they're going to yeah exactly exactly waters sprints <laughs> <laughs> newt comes out and says hey ripley i think hicks's eggplant is thirsty <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a good
1: interpretation yeah yeah you're really smart anyway <laughs> Uh, so Ripley goes and tucks Newt in in the lab And this is where they kind of bond over the fact That they have bad dreams about aliens Yeah, And she was like do you think your doll has bad dreams And she's like no she's fucking plastic Are you like
2: <laughs> you're the one protecting me Like what I do love that when Ripley like looks in the doll's head Like she like turns it up Because it is just a like disembodied head
1: And it has no eyes either It's really
2: fucking yeah. creepy But she like looks down the neck hole Mm-hmm. And to see if she has bad dreams, which I thought was like a bonker's take, but I love Point it. for me. <laughs> well that's not Newt. That's Ripley doing that.
1: <laughs> this is like when you thought the mom murdered the dad and ever after. I'm never gonna agree with you.
2: Well, that's because logic would dictate she didn't. She was driving that carriage, Paige. She was not driving the carriage. She's at the house the whole time. (laughs) The whole time. Your takes involve a lot of ever after misinformation. He clearly has a heart attack. (laughs) Mikey's over there sending out like Russian, like homing pigeons (laughs) to spread misinformation (laughs) in the ever after universe. Hey, man, I just got to be on new Twitter and do new Twitter things. <laughs> He's like, a lot of people are talking about how the stepmom and Ever After killed, <laughs> <death>. <laughs> <He fully laughs> killed yeah, the dad. He killed the dad. I'm death. not saying it's true. A lot of people are saying it. I'm not saying it, but a lot of people yeah, yeah. are. Makes sense. Someone <laughs> should look into that. The notebook is clearly a
1: murder-suicide, but like Ever After, I'm not going to follow you. Well, if she would release
3: his long-form death certificate, maybe we <laughs> could settle this. No,
2: absolutely not. <laughs> No, (laughs) I refuse to dig into a world where Ever After has death certificates. I need to see his long form death certificate. I need to see Ripley's long form driver's license. From what I hear, Mikey, I don't know that this is true, but people are saying it. The dad actually died in Kenya. <laughs> anyway, so
1: I do like this scene where Newt is like, My parents told me there were no monsters, but clearly they are. Why do they lie about that?
3: My parents lied to me. I killed them. Is that what I mean, like this is a scene is yeah. getting suspiciously close to that?
1: No. Uh but Ripley is like, because usually it's true that there aren't monsters, this is different. And this is where she tells her that she had a little girl, um, and she's unfortunately dead. But this is where she gives Newt Hicks's locator. Yeah. And Uh, Says that she'll be in the next room uh, because clearly that's where they're going to go bang it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we do see that those rooms are soundproof. So like that might be a great place to do it. Just like duck behind a box. She's locked in there and it's soundproof. I think you're fine.
1: I think you're good. But we cut to Bishop who has been analyzing the specimens yeah and he's like okay so the acid oxidizes and then it doesn't burn anymore so that's why you see it like burn but then it stops burning or whatever uh but also there's over a hundred one egg to one parasite so who's laying these eggs we're not sure this is where they kind of posit that it's like a beehive which is i kind of believe in a hybrid of both the bees but also them taking things from their hosts i think two can be true anyway
2: yeah i mean the one thing that they keep from their alien side of things is their bee like nature
1: their hive mentality yeah anyway so she's like we're gonna destroy these specimens right and bishop's like "Mm, he told me to bring them home and she's just like what the fuck and goes off (laughs) on burke to be like how dare you yeah and she's like all these people are fucking dead. You sent them out to go find these things. It's your fault that the entire colony is dead. And he's like, I thought you would be smarter. Like you'd want to study them and shit. She's like, happy to disappoint you. I still want to nuke this shit from orbit. Fuck you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But this is where they watch essentially the sentries run out of ammo. But the aliens turn away because now they're going to look for a new... Way in.
2: Yeah, man, when those guns are like running out, one of them runs out completely, and one of them, they have like thousands of bullets in them, and it gets down to 10 bullets. And um, Hicks is, like, running out the door with his gun to, like, take over for the sentries, which would then let the aliens know that it's time to rush in because that's all that's left, right? So, like, the fact that Ripley has the thought to stop him from doing that. Right. Because she's
1: like, they don't know how many bullets we have.
2: And she totally calls it correct because they do run away and don't come back to that sentry post.
1: Right. Real smart. And they so as they're like okay well i guess we have to wait for them to find a new way in but we have to try and stay on top of how they can get in you know various ways but as they're doing that they notice that another tower is emergency venting which means it's going to explode so now they really only have four hours before everyone dies so they start to formulate a new plan where they're going to try and remote pilot the other drop ship, but in order to do that
3: You gotta shove your bishop into a pipe, which you know Yeah. It's my solution to
2: many problems. Like chess? <laughs> no. I think the bishop he's referring to is what uh-huh. you and I colloquially know as the vitamin water. Weird that it's shaped like that, dude.
3: <laughs> it's in the pipe, five by five.
2: <laughs> I hope that on first in search you look them in the eye and say that. <laughs> but also over them in bed you army
1: crawl like Bishop does instead of thrusting like a normal person. I just move my shoulders. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how I dance actually I'm very shouldery when I dance Dude when Bishop is crawling through that pipe I was so like that made me so claustrophobic I couldn't have even shot that
3: I don't think I would have fit in that pipe I'm gonna be honest with y'all <laughs>
2: No same like they show that size and I was
1: like I don't think a human can fit in there
3: They would be like go yeah. through this pipe would be like I'm just gonna go outside and walk Because this is dumb
1: <laughs> I have a better shot walking <laughs> Give yeah. me one of the guns And I'm gonna hope for the best <laughs> But this is where, so they send Bishop on his way. They know that they've got a pretty slim window to get to the drop area and everything. And Hicks is like, listen, we're all in bad shape. Stay frosty, which I was like, what is that? Anyway, (laughs) but he's like, you guys go patrol the perimeter. Bye. So they get out. No one knows where Burke is. He's off doing creepy Burke shit. But this is where Hicks is like, this is a gun. I'm gonna show you how to use it, and it's literally the hottest thing on like film ever. Personally,
2: <laughs> it's so weird to me that like this is your
3: fetish.
1: I don't know why. It's almost as good as a sex scene. Like I know that's a crazy wow, thing to okay. say, but like it is something about the interaction of a him being like I'm gonna trust you to use this. That's why I'm gonna show you how to do it. But also being like like they're like cuddled up. It's hot. Super generally
3: hot. in my past they're telling me i'm gonna show you how to use it
1: not as hot for me <laughs>
3: but yeah. i mean you're coming out there like with such confidence to be like if i like snuggled up to a woman i am be like i'm gonna show you how to use this
1: i mean depending on what it is th- there's a reason why in many many rom-coms there is some situation in which a guy has to like arms around and do something for somebody
3: I'm just saying, in sex, I set the expectations low. So th- if I do better, she's like, that's great. You, th- yeah, that- this guy was good. That's
1: why you got to marry a Hicks.
3: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hope this gun works. Like, we're going to see how this goes tonight.
1: We've had like four snow cones with whiskey in them. So it's a toss up. <laughs> Stay frosty. (laughs) Stay frosty, my friends. Stay frosty and alert. Anyway, after the super hot gun scene, uh, Ripley goes to med bay to check on Newt and has her new fancy gun that she knows how to use. She puts it on the bed and crawls under with Newt. Uh, We cut over to Bishop, who has made it and is patching to the ship. We cut back and Ripley wakes up. She sees the tanks with the specimens open in the lab, reaches for the gun, and it's gone. No sooner has she done so than a face hugger jumps at her. They trap it against the wall. And this is where they're like trapped in the room trying to avoid the face hugger. She can't break the windows. Uh, her gun's outside, and Bit, or, uh, Burke turns off their comms. So, like, Hicks can't even see them on the screen. They are left there to die yeah. deliberately. Yeah. So. Ripley, thinking brilliantly, takes a lighter and lights it under the sprinklers, which causes an alarm, which triggers Hicks and everyone to come to them. But by the time Hicks gets there with everybody else, she is being choked to death by a face hugger that she's like barely dodging. Yeah. Uh, And there's one that's about to jump onto Newt. So Bill Paxton just like shoots the shit out of the one for Newt and pulls her out of the way. Uh, And then Hicks has to like unwrap. The face hugger from her neck
2: And then they like throw it and shoot it So like they eventually do like save the day But like from the moment Paul Reiser Turns off the TV like monitor Till now like it's so tense Because there's two live ones in there Out and just like Able to attack both Newt and Ripley And like it's very tense Or anyone
1: else in their path True yeah Yeah,
2: but it's just the two of them Until you know um, Hicks finds Mm -hmm. out What's going on right? right And I love how they handle Paul Reiser so much It's great
1: Oh, yeah, because she's like, it was him. They He wanted us to get impregnated with an alien embryo and then take us back on the trip home yeah. and use that as a bargaining chip. And he's like, you can't believe, like, she's crazy. I would never do that. And he just looks at him and Hicks just goes, Let's kill
2: him I'm gonna kill (laughs) him I literally think he says Let's waste him Like let's kill him Right now And I I mean but like He looks at him And he's like But you do look like You do that kind of shit though Like you look very like (laughs) I'll do anything To help corporate Like you have that kind of vibe So we have to kill you Yeah Yeah.
3: Absolutely He's a secret shopper Secret
1: shopper how are you liking that Waylan yutani big wheel? Uh, but at this point, the power goes out because the aliens have cut the power, which is one of those like slightly too intelligent things. But I think sometimes that makes the aliens scarier.
2: I think it makes them super scary. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons I asked the intelligence question earlier. Because this to me is terrifying. But I mean, also, if you're thinking about it from like they're worker bees, but the mom is smart. Maybe she, either she like, told like, them to that do pipe. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But
3: actually, there was a there was another scene, but it was also deleted and wasn't included in this edition where the hamsters got out and chewed on the power cable.
2: <laughs> they do be loving cords, though.
1: Anyway, they're tracking their movement. And all of a sudden, it's like 12 feet, nine feet, eight feet, six feet. That's inside the room. Like, yeah, how is that even possible? So Hicks is like, give me a flashlight, and pops up into the ceiling, where they're literally climbing on the ceiling tiles over them, and they all fall and drop into the room. And they're like,
3: man, I wish we would have thought of this 20 minutes ago in this film. Yeah, I
2: know, right? I honestly think this is the scariest moment in the movie oh yeah like him popping up shining the flashlight over and you see not just like one because in the first one it's one there's one alien the whole time in Mm. this one it's like a shitload of them and you see i think in that shot like five or six like way more than they are equipped to deal with and you're just fucked like it's amazing it's so scary
1: it's terrible so they they shoot them but they are outnumbered uh, this is where Bill Paxton bites the dust on Yeah. But Burke locks them all out. They try to go to the med bay to like cordon themselves off and be safe. But Burke locks the door and ends up walking straight into an alien on his own. And he is then also toast. They climb into the vents because that's how Newt has been traveling throughout the colony. Mm -hmm.
3: Newt is in control of the situation.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, also, we did in the extended scene hear that her mom told her to stop playing in the vents. So that's how she knows where the vents are. Yeah.
3: and She's like, that's why I killed her. Ridiculous. (laughs) This is crazy.
2: I do love it. Like in your take right now, it is very much a... Newt's a chess genius, and so she's playing like 4D chess People here. are talking that she falls down that merry-go-round thing very slowly. And she's like, oh, no,
3: Ripley, I'm falling down slowly. Oh, I actually have a fun fact about that.
2: <laughs> I, well, they won't know what Mikey was saying because he did all of that while under the microphone. I think they'll
1: understand
2: what Yeah, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Anyway, so in the air, van- air vents, They're laying down, like, suppressing fire to try and get Ripley and Newt ahead to get out. Uh, Vasquez runs out of ammo and switches to, like, her sidearm, but gets burned by acid. Gorman goes back for her, but they are surrounded. Yeah. And clearly they are... Not gonna, Not make, gonna it. make it yeah. yeah So they detonate A hand grenade The two of them Basically being like We're sacrificing ourselves To buy everyone else time Yeah
2: Which I mean They were gonna die anyway It's it's a nice yeah. gesture But they were gonna die anyway And it doesn't give them That much time Well They didn't want to have a face hugger on them or all that stuff. I would want to die rather than turn into one of these things. Yeah, Well, that's
1: there. There's a conversation during the kind of like learning about guns scene where she's like, Hicks, I don't want to go out that way. If if it looks like that, please kill me. And he's like, if it looks like that, I'll kill both of us. Like whatever. I will stop that from happening. Yeah,
2: which is exactly what I want. In a friend like I I want a friend that will like cherish me and love having me around but also knows the right circumstances in which I would want them to kill me.
3: I know that I'm I am that friend those circumstances there's a lot of circumstances in which Todd wants to be killed.
1: (laughs) I am prior to being (laughs) eaten for sure that's got to be one. So they're trying to take a shortcut across the roof and Hicks hands uh, Newt across to Ripley and Newt ends up like on the ladder, but then as the explosion from the hand grenade detonates, Newt slips yeah. through kind of like a fan kind of a thing. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Very slowly falls through.
1: Well, OK, I'll burn this fun fact. So in order to shoot this scene, they built her a slide.
3: OK, that, that sounds fun. Was like a
1: three story slide. That's that, like fun. from from like the top of the set down to the bottom. So she actually kept blowing takes so she could ride the slide.
2: Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs>
1: and uh, James Cameron was like, Look, if you just, if we just get the shot, you can ride the slide for the rest of the day. I don't give a shit what else you do. And she was like, Okay. And got the shot. And then he kept his promise and let her just play on the slide for the rest of the <laughs> I day. I love
2: that. That is so awesome.
1: <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, so they track her using the wrist, the re gifted
2: tracker. I love that, like, James Cameron walks over and is like, hey, Newt, maybe let's try one where you don't yell wee as you're sliding down it. Is that is that OK? Can we get one without the we? Yeah, she's he's like the people aren't supposed to know you're the true villain. <laughs> you know what, Paige? I think he's on to something. I think maybe. <laughs> anyway,
1: they use a torch to try and cut through the floor to get to her, but they can't get to her in time. And an alien takes her. Yeah. Uh, so they make their way to where the drop ship is going to be. But as they do, an alien chases them, tries to get in the elevator. Hicks shoots it with the shotgun, but he gets badly burned uh, all across his Mm -hmm. uh, armor. And they have to take it off because it's like up against his skin. Um, But he is badly injured. So they make it to the landing strip where Bishop is waiting. They load Hicks onto the drop ship. And then Ripley's like, I'm fucking going back because, you know, just like the first one where she goes back for the cat. Now she's going to go back for Newt. She grabs multiple guns. She duct tapes them together, uh, which is fucking awesome.
2: <laughs> it is dope. Like, the yeah. final gun in this movie, which is, I think, something that we need to start using. Like, what is the final weapon that the final girl uses? Mm-hmm. The final weapon in this is so cool, in my opinion. Yeah, a pulse rifle and a flamethrower. Yeah, but it's it's just them, like, mm-hmm. duct tapes together, which is, like, hyper practical she would actually be able to pull it off and do it. Like, I just love so much about what she does here. It's great.
1: It is great. So uh, Bishop lets her know that she's got 26 minutes and she's like, you can't leave. I'm going back for Newt. And Hicks, barely conscious at this point, is like, we're not going anywhere. And you're just like, yay, as he does like half blind self-surgery, which is gross. (laughs) But she goes to leave and she's like, all right, I'll see you, Hicks. Because I think for her, she's like, in case I don't come back, bye. And this is where they tell each other their real names. Yeah. It's Dwayne and Ellen. Oh. Anyway, uh, he says, don't be gone long, Ellen. She leaves. Uh, and from this point on, when she gets onto the elevator and it's a 15-minute countdown, it is exactly 15 minutes to the end of the film. Uh, and it doesn't matter which cut you watch. Nice. In any cut, once it announces 15 minutes, it is 15 minutes. I really like
2: when movies do that. Well done.
1: I do too. It's pretty fun. Uh, but so she's basically got a flame rifle now, which is fucking awesome. But she walks through the halls. She's looking for Newt. She finds the tracker, but then quickly finds Newt who wakes up like stuck to the wall and screams because she sees that she's next to an egg, sees it start to open. Yeah. Ripley blasts the egg, grabs Newt, and they make a run for it. Only to turn around and realize that they are in a room full of eggs and an ovipositor, which is laying fuck tons of eggs, which is connected Mm -hmm. to the queen. Yeah. And she's fucking enormous and terrifying. Like way
2: bigger than a regular alien, which is already way bigger than Ripley.
1: Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. With like the tiny mouth and there's a bunch of aliens. However, she notices that the aliens stay away from the queen. Yeah. So she kind of uses it to back them out of the room And then just flamethrowers
2: that entire room of (laughs) eggs. I really do love the mother standoff between the two of them Uh where like Ripley clearly like gestures like she's going to like light up the eggs. And that's when the queen sort of, I think, tells the worker bees to go away. Yeah. right? Right. That's like the bargain they strike. I'll let you leave with her if you don't destroy these eggs. Right. It's sort of that. Right. Right. And then Ripley gets to like, what is more or less the door? And then she's like, by the way, I lied. Yeah. She just lights everything up. Which
3: was so unnecessary. I mean, I get like the metaphor and all that stuff, but like the whole place is blowing up and they don't know about it. You could have just walked out of there and maybe they would have like gave you five minutes and you could have got to the (laughs) ship without any sort of drama.
1: I mean, potentially, I also wouldn't trust an alien. Same. I also just love the pettiness of this. Yeah. I am here for it. I think it. for her, this is payback for everyone they've killed. Same. Well, yeah. She's yeah. just like, fuck y'all. I, yeah. And
2: Paige, I don't know if you had the subtitles on, but like right in the scene as she starts lighting up the eggs, you hear Newt say, just like I planned. Uh-huh, <laughs> no, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, she's out of
1: bullets at this point, so she starts Tossing grenades and they keep Hitting like the egg sack where like yeah, Eggs that are not in shells are like yeah. Popping out oh. It's real gross You can
3: make scrambled alien eggs
1: I'm pretty sure that's a miniature As well with like yeah. regular eggs in it Yeah I think so too but she Throws basically her whole Cache of grenades and she Runs because you know nothing scarier than Giant omelets and <laughs> The queen like detaches From her egg sack and And she's going after Ripley.
3: Or is she going after Newt for double crossing her? (laughs) And that's why she (laughs) chases her. It
1: does seem that she targets Newt almost in a way of like, you stole my children. I'm going to steal yours.
2: That's what I think it really is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the bit, I like what you're saying too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: They're trying to get into the elevator. It won't work. They start to climb the ladder. But just as they do, the elevator opens. They go inside just in time to miss the queen who somehow takes the other elevator and knows what floor they're going to. Like, this is the one thing in the movie that I'm like, really? (laughs) It's a little, (laughs) all right, fine. It would
3: have been better if she just climbed up the elevator shaft.
1: Yeah. Just followed them or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was probably harder to film. Anyway, the alien takes the elevator, but they get there and the ship is gone. As the elevator opens and revealing the queen, the ship shows up behind them And the queen is just like, sup, bitch? It's me, the fucking queen.
2: (laughs) They make it onto the ship
1: just in time. And it gets a little bit tangled. uh, But Bishop flies and they make it back to the ship, but not alone. Yeah. Anyway, the colony explodes. Assuming all the eggs and all the other aliens along with it.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: So a good sequel would have been the derelict ship surviving with eggs in it the company going back after this event to get eggs and bringing them somewhere and then there's a outburst like to study them uh-huh absolutely here's the thing that's basically how covenant ends because
1: remember like he he like had the eggs in his mouth and he takes them back yeah Yeah, but that's... And then we never got another one after that, so we don't know what happens. Anyway, so they land, and she goes to help Hicks out, and they're like, no, we're going to need a stretcher. Home dude is injured, like super injured, but she's like, great, I finally trust robots now, just in time for the queen's tail to just like knife up through Bishop's chest and have him just like barf milk goo and everything everywhere, and then the queen just tears him the fucking half, which is it's awesome. <laughs> like it's so
2: terrifying. Cool. So <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but I am super grossed out by the milk, like blood or whatever. It grosses whatever. me out too. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but from the stab through the rip and half tossed to either side, like that effect is so well done for 1986. It's so yes. cool. It's
1: amazing yeah, it is
2: an amazing effect
1: they they take off running newt runs into the floorboards the queen is kind of like snatching at her with her giant spindly hands that are fucking terrified but this is why i kind of buy into the like it takes things from its host because it has hands yeah. like hands hands ripley gets the power lifter and now it's mom versus mom power lifter versus alien and we get the most famous line in the movie get, get away, away from, from her, her you, you bitch, bitch. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. She drops the alien down the airlock, but the alien drags her with it, crushing it kind of under the power lifter. She Mm -hmm. climbs out and the alien grabs her foot. So she opens the airlock, which by the way, she hangs on to that like l- like ladder. I feel like it would have broken her arm. Yeah, I do like too.
2: it would have ripped her arm out of socket, and she would have gone out for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I mean, Absolutely. at this point in the movie, I'm like, fuck it, I don't care. Let's go. I love this. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, uh, Newt. Gets sucked towards the airlock and Bishop's torso grabs her and saves her, which is great. Dude,
2: one effect that I thought was really cool was Bishop, like, sliding closer because it's just, like, the upper torso of Bishop sliding closer. Mm -hmm. And it's really well done for 80s. Like, it's so good. Yeah. No, it looks. I love practical effects.
1: Yeah. Uh, She manages to climb up and close the airlock. They are all safe. Newt calls her mommy, which is very sweet. She and Bishop make up android to human. Yeah. Uh, and then she sets everyone up in their pods. So Bishop is like hooked up to a bunch of medical stuff. Same with Hicks. And then she tucks Newt in and Newt says, can I dream? And she says, yes, I think we both can. Yeah. Sleep tight. Affirmative. And they sleep in the pods.
2: And, and that's, that's the, the movie. I love the last shot Because it's like a wide shot of like everyone And you sort of see Mm -hmm. Sigourney Weaver Over her shoulder And then it zooms in on just the two of them And I'm like oh I love this movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. So having seen this movie A few times Having talked about it Well Mikey and me A few times Twice Twice right What did you guys think about Aliens With a dollar sign Love it Holds up Paige is right most of her points It's It's just a great film Yeah It's really good It is really great I love the practical effects in this one it's not nearly as scary on a rewatch I honestly don't even remember what I rated it originally it probably wasn't super high on the scary scale but like this is was super easy for me to get through very fun to watch this time around I just really enjoy it it's really good I honestly can't wait to watch three. I know you hate it, and that only <laughs> makes me want to watch it more, Mikey. I,
3: I'll watch it for the show. It's fine. I like the movies where Paige and I hate them together.
2: Okay. So, Paige, do you have any more fun facts for us? I have a lot of a lot of fun facts. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Shitload of fun facts. So, just a
1: breakdown of what is included in the special edition, the extra scenes, are Ripley discussing her daughter with Burke, uh, Ripley being demoted in that meeting, Newt's parents discovering the alien ship as well as that little tour around the colony, uh, the tour through the Sulaco prior to the Marines waking up, uh, the sentry guns and all of the plot points with the sentry guns. Uh, Ripley and Hicks, when she goes to enter the complex for the first time and he asks if she's all right, that's only in this version. Um, also, Hicks and Ripley exchanging first names is only in this version as well. Uh, This version really does lean into a more romantic version of them than the theatrical does.
2: Which I'm here for, although I haven't seen the theatrical. But I really do think there's a lot of chemistry between the two of them in this movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. I I fully ship it. Yeah. Also, the scene around the colony where we see the kid on a big wheel and it's a Waylon yutani big wheel. But it's meant to be similar to the scene in Terminator where a kid drives a big wheel and then the Terminator steps on. Yeah. Okay. So like most movies, this was not shot in sequence. Movies almost never are, but specifically James Cameron shot the scene where we meet all of the Marines together last because he wanted them to have already been friends so that their camaraderie together in those scenes seemed real. So he waited till they had shot for like two months together and then shot the scene where they meet or we meet them because they already know all know each
2: other. Yeah. That's pretty smart, actually.
1: Yeah. Lance Henriksen had privately, and he said this in interviews, pledged that he wanted to quit acting if this part didn't work out. Um, if you'll remember, when we did Terminator, he was the original Terminator. He yeah. was the one that they pitched it with. And then it ends up going to Arnold and he gets relegated to one of the police officers. So he was really tired of kind of like just ending up with these small roles, getting really close and then nothing working out. Yeah. Um, and this movie. Gets huge, and so this basically keeps him acting essentially.
2: I mean, and he's great as Bishop in this movie, like, he does a great job. Yeah, he it. is great, and I mean, is still working, like, and I'm sure he worked before this too, but like, has worked steadily since this time period mm-hmm.
1: ever since. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to add a little bit of something to Bishop and wanted to wear a double pupil contact lenses where he's working in the lab almost as if he has like an internal microscope.
2: Oh, cool,
1: but. And he brought them to set and James Cameron did let him test with it, uh, but then decided that they wouldn't wear it in the scene because it was actually too scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. And it thought, he mm-hmm. thought it made him look creepier than the alien. He was like, no. <laughs> um, Sigourney Weaver does get nominated for Best Actress oh, uh, wow. for, this, okay. for the Oscar. It's the first ever nomination for a sci-fi film. As far as best actress goes. Nice. uh, Lance Hendrickson got food poisoning from the milk and yogurt combination from that last scene. Yeah. That scene took three days to shoot. Wow. Under hot studio lights. And so unfortunately it bred bacteria. Part of the reason that it kept taking so long is all the fog took forever to fill the room. I'm sure. uh, And they had to film in slow motion because of the puppeteers. Yeah. They were only able to basically move at a certain pace and then they speed up the film. In addition, the crew that they shot with was a British crew that was tied to the studio where they shot, the actual, like, building. Um, Not one that they had hired separately, although they do end up hiring a number of crew members separately. However, all of those crew members didn't fucking know who James Cameron was. He hadn't put anything out. Terminator had just come out in the States, it hadn't come out in the UK, and they were kind of loyal to Ridley Scott, who didn't care that he would like it was not contentious but the crew basically could not give a fuck about what James Cameron wanted and a huge contentious point between him and the crew was that they would always stop for tea which would make the days extend longer so in America shooting days were 12 hours there they did not want to maintain the 12 hours and they took at least lunch breaks like smoke breaks and tea breaks which were making it them basically end up two to three days behind schedule
2: as like a director I would be so annoyed by that like I would be Oh yeah It would drive me insane
1: Um, So two different ADs quit Mm. Because of it Wow British ADs quit over it There's almost a mutiny And Sigourney Weaver has to convince everyone To basically keep working on the movie And one of the things they try to do is they do a pre-screening of Terminator on set because they're like, we know that you don't know who this guy is, but like, if you see this movie, you'll understand that like, we should just trust him. Like he's got a vision. Just let him do it. Yeah. Because the ADs were like correcting his shots and changing his lights and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah, it's hardcore.
2: I would lose my fucking mind. (laughs) And I'm no James Cameron, but if I was hired to direct something, I'd be like, guys, it's I have to, it's, it's me. Like I'm the director. Shut the fuck. Up, like, I don't yeah. know what to tell you, but like, I haven't done shit. And if I had made Terminator, yeah, <laughs> I would have lost my goddamn mind. Lost
1: your mind. So, here, this is even crazier. So, they set up a screening for
2: the crew, none of them show up. Oh, my God. I'd have been like, fuck it. We're going to Hollywood. I'm leaving Pinewood. Fuck Pinewood. But regardless,
1: I I bring this all up because that caused delays so that it was three days that they had this mixture that they were using. Yeah. Which went sour. And part of the reason they had not used that mixture on the original Alien is for the same reason. They thought it was going to go sour under the hot lights. And indeed it did. And he did get sick. Yeah. Now the scene with Ripley's daughter where we see a picture of her is actually Sigourney Weaver's mother. Um, Awesome.
2: Yeah. That makes sense because she's supposed to be an old lady at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So the crew ignored the invite, didn't bother to turn up. Sigourney Weaver is the only reason most of the crew stays. It is an incredibly contentious shoot between The crew and the actors Because all the actors are for the most part American and they're like whatever This is how we normally work in America And they end up having to replace a number Of crew members along the way also all the Special effects people were American that they had like brought over from America Sure so it's like the gaffers And the best boys and everything that there's like mutiny It's wild Uh, So Al Matthews who plays Sergeant Apone was a real life Black Marine he was actually the first black Marine to be promoted to sergeant in the field because he served in Vietnam. Okay. So he's kind of like actual badass. Yeah. Yep. So in an interview, uh, Sigourney Weaver said that whenever one of the actors would die on screen in this movie, she would send them flowers before filming for that day began, except for Paul Reiser, who she deliberately sent a handful of dead blossoms.
2: I love everything not about because they just
1: liked each other they they apparently liked
2: each other but she thought it was funny i think it's great it's very funny
1: yeah uh, it was never shown to a test audience wow it went directly from the studio to a wide release and part of the reason was the actual like sound and some of the completed effects were not done until two weeks before release.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Jesus, that's so close. That That's crazy.
1: Yeah, so it was only one studio screening, which went really well. But a lot of marketing experts, you know, hindsight being 2020, say that this movie basically saved Fox because if it had not been a hit, it would have bankrupted the studio.
2: And it was a bit of a hit. We'll talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... I, I talked a little bit about the British crew in some of the audio commentaries. Uh, Bill Paxton, before his death, commented, and so has Michael Bean, that the British crew didn't seem to want to work, uh, which I thought was funny. Now, granted, I'm sure that there are also probably guild or or union or something rules that were lost in translation a little bit, uh, but. Apparently, it literally never let up. They did come in on budget and on time, miraculously, uh, but it was a fight the entire way. If you watch the documentary, the the movies that made us about it, they cover the fight between the crew extensively because this movie almost doesn't happen. It literally almost dissolves during filming. (laughs) The full-size queen puppet was too big to fit into the elevator. And so for the shot where she's seen... Her tail was removed uh, and the back of the elevator was completely open. So they just cover it with a black curtain, which you can actually see in that scene as well. Okay. With the the puppet for the queen, as I mentioned, they had to shoot in slow motion uh, so they could account for basically the queen and Sigourney Weaver and then speed it up. The way they learned that was because right before shooting this, uh, some of the crew had worked on Little Shop of Horrors and they had had to do it with. The giant plant Uh, So Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis Actually talked about What it was like to act in slow motion To do that
2: And the plant Little Shop of Horrors looks amazing It does (laughs) It sounds amazing The dude who voice acts, it's amazing too
1: I I have saved one of the craziest fun facts for last Okay, cool Uh, So as we know, he was writing Aliens and Rambo First Blood Part 2 at the same time While getting Terminator made (laughs)
2: It was a busy summer for this guy. It's
1: It's the same
3: plot, you guys. It's not even that big a deal.
1: (laughs) He turns in aliens. Uh, Galen heard, coordinates budget. They've allocated money. It's a go. They're going to make the movie. No one has called Sigourney Weaver.
2: (laughs) You might want to do that. You know, like get in touch with the star of the franchise.
1: No one had called her. She actually heard through the grapevine that they were making an aliens, like alien sequel. And- is like, hey, do you guys need me for that? And they're like, (laughs) the studio didn't call you? And the studio was like, do we need her? And James Cameron was like, yes, we fucking do, and fought to keep her in for the sequel. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow. Because the studio was like, she's expensive. Uh, There is a rumor. I've never been able to corroborate this, but allegedly when James Cameron went in to pitch Aliens, the story goes, and again, I think it is mostly a story. I don't know how true this is. I love this story, though. But the story goes that he walked up to like a, a whiteboard or a chalkboard in the room and just wrote alien, and then added a dollar sign at the end, aliens, and that was the pitch. Now, <laughs> I don't know if that is true, but I do know that he refused to let anyone on set call it Alien 2. It was aliens, and he would correct you every time, mm. and those are your fun facts.
2: Well, Paige, thank you of those fun facts. Let's talk some box office. So what do you think the production budget was for aliens, or as James Cameron likes to call it, Alien Two, in 1986 when it came in out. In 1986, I believe
1: it's. I believe they come in at 34 million. I might be wrong though.
2: 36. So the budget that I have is 17 million dollars for Aliens. That's amazing. Now, if you adjust that for inflation, because this is 86 dollars to 2023 $20, dollars, it's. million dollars today yeah now the movie premiered on july 18th 1986 and it was number one in the box office the weekend it premiered it beat the number two movie karate kid part two number three was ruthless people number four was back to school and number five was top gun in its 10th weekend still in the top five um what do you think Aliens made in its opening weekend.
1: Opening weekend? Yes, just
2: opening weekend, July 18th, 86. 18 million.
1: I'm going to say 40.
2: Okay. Now, remember, this is 1986, guys. It made $10 million its opening weekend. Now, but like if you adjust that for inflation, that brings that $10 million up to $27 million. So it is quite a bit more, but it's still, you know, not like a crazy amount. But it was number one. For the first month of its release, or at least the next four weeks, or mm-hmm. so July 18th through August 8th it was number one, and it was then in theaters for a total of 11 weeks, so it did very well in theaters. What do you think it ended up making domestically before it left the box office?
1: I'm going to say 100. Okay. And I know that might be way overshooting it because I love this movie. But no. how, how
2: many weeks was in the box office? It was in the box office for 11 weeks total. Four of those weeks, it was number one at the box office. I'm going to say $86 million. Okay. It made $85.1 million, Damn. Mikey. <laughs> now, internationally, it made $98.1 million for a total of... 183.3 million dollars, which would be a huge win if that was today's dollars, but that was 86 dollars. Like those are Reagan dollars before he destroyed right. the economy. So like if you convert that to today's dollars, right? it's almost 500 million dollars, guys. It's Jeez. 497.9 million dollars at the box office, but that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale?
3: Yeah. Our scary scale, listeners, is a scale of 1 to 10 how scary we found the film today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige.
1: I'm going to give this a 2 because because of that woman who's still alive. Like, that's the thing that sticks with me. So, I'll give this a 2.
3: Top.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a 2 as well. Not necessarily for the woman, but there are a few scenes that are, like, effectively scary. Although, man, that woman body horror scene is pretty rough. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 2. I would have given it a higher
3: number in my past when I was a child and watched this film. But like, Oh, as a oh, child it yeah. was a like
1: fucking 8.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but when I watch it today it's a 1. I've just seen it too many times. I know every yeah.
2: yeah, every inch of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this week you all made me rewatch Aliens. What are you all making us rewatch next week?
1: Next week we're watching The Thing. Heck yeah, baby. John Carpenter classic. Yeah,
2: I'm super excited to revisit this with Obviously, Mikey again, but also Paige this time. This is one of my favorite movies. It's Mikey. I think, Mikey, you said it's your it's favorite, favorite horror, horror movie. It's my favorite Yeah. Yeah. So I'm super excited to revisit it. I remember Mikey and I having a lot of fun when we recorded that initially. I think that's the birth of Flamecopter, right? It yeah, is the Flame birth Copter. of Flamecopter, yeah. I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. But I'm going to have some like new, more mature takes. I, I doubt that. Guarantee I guarantee that's not doubt possible. This. But, uh-huh. I mean, listen, check back next week for those updated, more mature Mikey and a Cumberbun Takes. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Hold on. Well, while we're holding on, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Heather O. Loves the Horror. Well, what does Heather O. Loves
3: the Horror have to say? She says the best thing since sliced bread. Okay. I'm fairly new to podcasts. I was searching horror movies and came across this podcast and started listening. Nice. In no particular order except movies I have watched. Okay. I am a horror fan, movies, books, all the things. I fell in love with this podcast immediately. I love the different points of view. I love the explanations and hearing things I have missed or not understood in the movies. I love the humor. Oh, nice. I always smile and giggle multiple times throughout an episode. Good. It has made me watch movies I haven't and re-watch movies from a different perspective, And let's be honest, I constantly watch movies now and think, ooh, I wonder what Todd thought of that part or how he will react (laughs) to that part. I am a forever fan, five star.
2: Well, Heather O. loves the horror. Thank you so much for the awesome five star review. And to answer your question, if you're thinking, I wonder what Todd would have thought of that part, the answer is I would have hated it because it was probably scary. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at HorrorVirgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley i Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So... If you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up, and they will continue after October, not on a daily schedule, though. That's just too much for Katie to handle. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She unleashed a bunch of aliens and had her whole colony destroyed. I knew this was coming. Yeah, I mean, absolutely sh- the teenager would you have done that. No, like- who did not see this coming? The population of Hadley's Hope. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> they were like, maybe having an angsty teenager here was not a good idea. And you know what? They were right. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. And Jonathan, up till now, has like typically sent us spooky spider videos, but... Because of a recent dream job acquisition, Mm -hmm. he's getting out of the spider game. So he's been sending other types of videos for us to watch. And this week, it's no different. So this week, he's having us watch something from Whose Line Is It Anyway? I'm not sure exactly what, because we haven't watched the video yet. Okay, so this is literally just them doing a bit about the worst things you'll hear on a cooking show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I do love... Whose line is it anyway? I feel like some of it hasn't aged as well, but some of it still slaps. Oh, I, I'm sure some of it doesn't age well. Although I haven't watched them since they were on at the time, you know? But, like, pretty much everyone who was on a few episodes, at least, I really like as an improv person. Like, they're all very funny.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Wayne Brady, who's like, hit it really big after this, but is crushing it on this. So, Jonathan, congrats on the uh, acquisition of your dream job. We now return you to another episode of uh, The The Patrionicals. Patrionicals. Now, Mikey, we have hitherto been jumping to a new place every week. Mm -hmm. But since we are currently one round into what you called the Tournament of Stuff last week, (laughs) are we going to (laughs) stay in, like, 76 B.C. First Olympics to continue on that saga in this patriotic sure. episode. Okay. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let's continue the tournament of stuff, round two. Fight. <laughs> uh, as Dave lays dead and
3: his body regenerates, he watches the fight between Isaac and Kate, which is close, but she psychically tosses a boulder at him and tosses him down. And he he's like, All right, you're you're a cheater.
2: I mean, I'll say this. If I had to bet, I would put my money on Kate. She's the only one with telekinesis. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't say. I I just don't know of anyone being able to beat that.
3: Yeah. Uh, And then (laughs) the losers of last week watch the winners of this week. That checks out. I like that punishment. So Karun's watch. He's eating American. Wait, wait, what? When is this? He's drinking wine in Athens. Yeah, I, th- I think that's where they had the first Olympics. I might be wrong. Yeah, and Socrates questions why he's blue or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm not sad. What are you talking about? <laughs> and Scott made it a thing. He um, has to fight Aaron, who was a moon person, but now half moon kind of person.
2: But still with long fingers that I remember from yes, last week. Long, yeah,
3: long fingers. And so she uses her long fingers and like tries to get in his rock cracks <laughs> and, and he's
2: like, "Oh, tickles!" And then, like, "Oh, I bet no, it tickles!" Like yeah, when she's getting <laughs> that long finger down in that crack.
3: And <laughs> Danielle, from our friend, was like, "Go deeper in his cracks!" <laughs> and like, she like hits a nerve, and he like cramps up and like falls down, and so they declare her the winner. Okay, okay. Wes, the handsome dude, and Dreskel from the Illuminati, are sitting together watching the match of uh, between Nathan and uh, Shining Donut. And uh, Dreskel's like, man, these patronicals are, like, real dumb, right? And, he, and then uh, Wes is like, I literally am only known for being handsome. It's, like,
2: stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love how meta they're getting. <laughs> <laughs> and Shining
3: Donut gets put into a headlock by professional wrestler Nathan, but then he just spouts out jelly filling from his uh, belly button hole. <laughs> And, like, and then, like, Nathan, the professional wrestler, is like, oh, no, my macros. Oh. (laughs) And he, like, freaks out. He's like, I can't do sugar. And then so uh, Shiny
2: Donut wins. Because he can't, the wrestler's body can't process sugar. I love (laughs) that's why they won. That's amazing. And then Jennifer, the PH, and Allie, the mermaid
3: are, like, in a fountain, like a Greek fountain together. Like, Jennifer's just bathing and, like, enjoying the time. And then. Sure. Allie the mermaid is mermaiding out. And, and then I don't I can't I don't understand what these notes are. Read <laughs> me what you wrote down. <sighs> oh yeah. Because Libby also has long fingers. Yes. I, I'm back in it. I'm back in it. Yeah. And so Jeremy with laser eyes, um, he is shooting his laser eyes into the fountain to make it like a hot tub. Nice. Yeah. And so Libby fights. Boezy the Florida man and she's like I'm coming at you with long fingers and he's like everyone in my life has always done that and so he like <laughs> sticks him in his mouth and like chews on him and like sucks them, and she gets really freaked out and she just was like you know fuck this and I-, I think I'd bone out of that too I yeah yeah so he won round two Boezy wins round two and then- <laughs> okay, so, that- so Cody the pawn shop he's selling souvenirs and snacks and Alex the magician comes up to uh, Cody and uh, gets a dollar bill from behind his ear to buy a sack of popcorn to watch the fight between Lauren the cavewoman and Mr. Rage Bomb. And she gets really angry at him. And then, like, he gets angry. And then, like, I, I don't know. They both, like have, like, have an undiable rage and they, like, kind of hit it off. And, like, there's no winner called. So it's like a draw. Okay. And so. Oh, shit. Do you guys remember who won between. <laughs> Vance, the serial killer, and Garotica.
2: Garotica did.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: because Vance was dressed like a Renaissance person, and he was like, pretty much Vance is powerless without his hotel because it's H.H. Holmes. <laughs> and Garotica <laughs> is like, she flies it on a pterodactyl because she's from Heavy Metal. Like, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, Sophia the time cop is talking to Amy the astronaut, and she's like, look, this these time shenanigans... We've done them for a lot of episodes now. It's getting really old. Oh yeah. We, maybe maybe we'll fitch, switch formats next week after this thing is over. And Amy's like, I don't know. I've been in this a long time. It doesn't really get better.
2: Can I predict next week's new version of the Patreonicals is gonna be them trapped at a like North Pole research station, uh, like with uh, an.
3: <laughs> I like what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, Bruder walks up to their conversation and is like, Who? is in charge of this whole deal like the time travel and then anthony the time master is like sophia the time cop lost all her time powers to me and bruder's like i don't understand any of this stuff and amy's like you just gotta listen we have to watch this fight so Garotica fights (laughs) Wolfric, who's a werewolf and he turns into a werewolf and uh but she's got a pterodactyl and that sword but it's not made out of silver and so that's the thing. He oh, cuts. No. She cuts off his arm, but it like grows back. Yeah, and he beats her with his other severed, his third severed <gasps> werewolf limb. <laughs> and then like next week
2: will be round three. Yeah, and I guess we'll have to find out next week what happens in round three as we continue our tournament of stuff.
3: Oh wait, wait, wait! Just as then we have a new Patreon. Oh, do we, Stephanie? And she just wants to do a shout out for her boyfriend Jordan. Because his birthday is on January 24th. Oh, that's awesome. He wants to sh- shout it out. Happy birthday. Well,
2: Jordan, happy birthday, my man. His initials are JFK. That has not, like, gone well for other yeah. JFKs in the past. But, like, uh-huh. hopefully you'll make it. Good luck.
1: That's going to be it for us, you guys, on Paige.
2: I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye.
3: Game over, man. Game over, nerds. <laughs>